This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Varya Kamon of Behemoth, Tara Fug of Hyperion, Toki Anikawa of Sargantanis. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Coming up this week on Checkpoint Radio, with E3 2018 just a few weeks away, we'll take a look at all of the pre-3 announcements that have already been confirmed to be at E3 2018. Plus, with all the rumors of a new console in development, it makes us ask just where do consoles go from here? That's all coming up on your source for eSports and video game discussions, Checkpoint Radio from Westwood One. Join me, Nate, Robbie Norris, and Joe for Checkpoint Radio. Listen on demand Tuesdays at our website at CheckpointRadio.com. Do you ever wish for the comfort and privacy of your own home while relieving yourself in a bathroom? We sure do. But until modern indoor plumbing catches up with us, come to the queen of clean, Catherine's Latrines. Catherine's Latrines is your number one stop or your number two stop. We offer a wide variety of outdoor outhouses for when you need to leave your wide mark on the world. Commence your solo duty with pride and confidence as Catherine's latrines have step stool adjustments for Lalafell and gaping maw expanders for Rogadin. You'll find yourself dropping the kids off at the blitzball game for hours with the luxurious Catherine's latrines. For a lean, mean, bean cleaning machine, come to the queen of clean, Catherine's latrines. <laughs> Episode 161. Appreciate having you guys along. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. You can also uh, download the podcast over at LimitBreakRadio.com. Joining us today, we've got a special guest host, Joe Never Fails. Joe, welcome back to Limit Break Radio, man. How you doing? Doing great, brother, man. It's great to be here. Uh, It's great to have you. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking about some of our adventures in other MMOs and kind of what those lessons have taught us about FF14's experiences because we've been doing a direct compare and contrast for actually we we wanted to do this show a couple of weeks ago so we've had some additional time to continue playing and contrasting and comparing so that's what we're going to be talking about today on the show we want to hear from you limit break radio on Skype 810-515-8715 LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We want to hear about the other MMOs that you've played and what you think FF14 could learn from those MMOs. What did they do well? What did they not do well? 
all key components of today's conversation. That's all coming up today here on Limit Break Radio. We are, of course, live from Eorzea. Let's kick it on over to our Eorzean studios, our freshly redesigned Eorzean studios. Newly upgraded studios. I mean, nearly a train wreck, by the way. As we were walking in, Juxta uh, uh, had said to me that as he was building it, he nearly, not even realizing, <laughs> was like, oh, this would look really cool if I put these uh, uh, aquariums inside. Oh, wait, don't do not do that. Yeah, don't do that. He I, almost... I was, I was going to put like an aquarium inside the aquarium because I was like putting like different like uh, little dolls on the shelf and I was going to move it over there and yeah. like, make it float in the aquarium, right. make it look all neat and be like, oh, and inner... What? <laughs> Oh, oh wow. My oh my god, Juxta. Oh. Yeah, that didn't go through. Boo! Nope, Juxta fucked something up. As usual, no more than five minutes See, now into the show. Gotta, now I gotta swoop in and I gotta so save I, I, the day. Okay, so I did the, the speaker thing bad. That was turned <laughs> on, okay? But other things, that's beyond Juxta control. That's not Juxta fault. <laughs> No juxtafault. Not juxtafault. I like wow. I like how as as the more on the hot seat he is, the <laughs> like the more his language centered the deteriorates. Less intelligent he sounds. <laughs> Jesus. Because I have a lot of important points to get out and I don't have time for grammar. All right. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. LimitBreakRadio.com, uh, twitch.tv slash LimitBreakRadio. We appreciate having you here. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we, we've been uh, doing a lot of prep work for the show, and so uh, we're definitely finally excited to be talking about it. Joe, we're excited to have you here as well. Uh, I'm hyped, man. It's, I think this is going to be a great conversation because... It, uh, it is. Uh, you know, FF14, of course, is a game that we all love dearly and want to see improve and i think that you know it, it this is a game that takes a lot and and has said openly yoshi p has even said openly that it takes a lot of its cues from world of warcraft mm-hmm. but i think the that wrong there, one but i think that there are <laughs> there are some other games that they could probably mm-hmm. stand to learn some lessons from both positively and negatively so we're going to talk about that here today and of and of course we invite your calls limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 limit break slash discord uh and uh and, and i i mean I, i'm sure we got some news to cover but before a we, little bit before we get into that i do want to i do want to talk about something uh patreon.com slash limit break radio i want to thank all of you for your support over at patreon uh i am happy to say that we did clear the most recent month uh at thirteen hundred dollars so uh that is very exciting um i'm it's it's weird i don't know why it why they had to change everything yeah it doesn't just send me straight to the (laughs) overview uh we're currently sitting at uh thirteen hundred thirty six dollars and 132 patrons so where's an extra dollar one three three seven (laughs) <laughs> I am uh, I am wow. excited excited to report that uh, we will be launching the Let's Be Real podcast. It will be uh, so far uh, a, a monthly production schedule, and uh, as long as it it holds at that thirteen hundred mark, uh, we're going to try to bring that to you every month. Uh, and so far, I think we're trying to do it pretty much where Final Encountercast was on mm-hmm. Sundays. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah, you can look forward to that. But we're going to be doing the majority of the planning and the work for that uh after e3 because on saturday 
Robbie, you and I hop a plane out to California, and we're going to be out covering E3 for the better part of a week. That's right. And man, let me tell you, we have a packed schedule right we do. now. It's, it's going to be exciting. We do. So uh, you can make sure you check out our E3 coverage over at CheckpointRadio.com. Uh, we'll have the live blog. We'll also be live streaming uh, when we can. So uh, also Twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Radio. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, it, it, I think that this is going to be a really, really exciting week of uh, of coverage of what's going on out there. We've got a lot more time to spend out there. We're being treated to uh, you know a lot more uh, interviews and meetings and demos so that's going to be hugely exciting and uh, again a, a lot of this all of it really stems from your support over at patreon.com slash limit break radio and we want to thank everyone that has so far uh, contributed to that total of $1,336 a month so thank you so much guys uh, we really do appreciate it we really do appreciate the support uh, Kyle what do we have in terms of the uh, postcards from Eorzea uh, well actually Let's see. To two more days because uh, I think it's, I think it's on the fifth is when when uh, everything actually gets processed and whatnot. Most so, of the credit cards are all processed by that point. Yes. So uh, on the fifth, we'll actually be setting out the Juxta card that again was uh, done by Nariko Star, and uh, it's probably the best Juxta will ever look in his entire existence. That's impossible because <laughs> I'm always constantly looking better every day. And uh, so so. Patrons last month got the Nika card, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to show a little preview there Which on screen. Which is also the best ah! that Nika has ever looked. <laughs> Dear it's God. amazing. It's oh, so pretty. Oh, my eyes. Well, yeah, it looks good because it looks like, you know, a Mikote. The goggles what? say it do nothing. It looks just like my character. It looks like a Scalia. Let's be honest. <laughs> Without the tail. The tail's like behind him. Okay. Her. Yeah. yeah. It. Whatever. Them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's an, it's, that was that's an incredible tuck job you're doing there, Nika. I gotta say. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Okay. So, so uh, make sure that uh, if you're, you know, if you're donating at the twenty dollar level over at patreon.com slash limit break radio, uh, you'll receive the Juxta postcard, which is Juxta at the beach, and I'm, ter- yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified to see this uh, postcard, but uh, you can see it. You can get it's it. It's not delivered. offensive. It's not one that you're going to be embarrassed if it shows up at your Christian neighbor's doorstep. Well, I, I promise. I, I, you know what? Speak for yourself. <laughs> Am I not, like, surrounded by sea cucumbers? <laughs> no. You're not. That's uh, weird. Anyway, uh, but again, uh, all of this, uh, thanks to your support over at patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Uh, of course, that does help uh, allow us to do things like you know throw after parties at Fan Fest and stuff like that. So uh, if you want to make sure that that you know uh, tradition continues to happen, because we really love doing that, and we've actually got some some places in Vegas that uh, that we could that we could throw this party at that would I think be really incredible. I got some places in mind already. Right? Yeah. So uh, make sure that uh, that it, you know if you've been thinking about supporting the show or if this is a show that you listen to all the time patreon.com slash limit break radio all right let's check out what's going on in ff14 news this is a limit breaking news update 
All right, it's that time of the week, guys. Yes, Square Enix has added new items to the cash shop. Woo! This time, it is a Mogged theme orchestrian and three orchestrian roles. You can now get the uh, orchestral versions of Rise of the White Raven, Revenge Twofold, and Oblivion. That's 15 for the music Mog and $5 for each of the roles. Nice! The 15 should include all of the roles and the revenge. You know what? That's not a bad idea, Negan. That's probably one of the better ideas that you've had, but... Thank you. No. Excuse me. These are very high-quality, crummy MP3s. This is insane. It's a lot of money. If you can't even like get an iTunes, you don't get you don't spend that much for like a, a brand new release for a song on iTunes. Thank you. Yeah, it's like two, it's like one ninety nine on iTunes for a song. Okay, yeah. okay, it's but crazy. but you can't play your hmm, hashtag cash shop high. Yes, right. That's right. Cash shop high. And and I think you can't you can't play iTunes songs on your orchestrian in Final Fantasy fourteen. So it's oh. a steal. I I also believe that these are not per account. These are per character. Per That's character. right. They're character. Yeah. What? Thanks, Square Enix. Wow. So you're you're spending up you're spending thirty dollars if you want <laughs> everything. <laughs> yes, thirty dollars yeah. for songs that you can't play on your iPod are you, either. Are you shitting me? <laughs> How much does it cost to go to YouTube and play those songs? Nothing. Free? Oh, <laughs> nothing. Bad. Nothing. What's it, what's it going to cost each one of us to eat tonight? Like, less than $30, oh, right? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's insane. That's, that's more than the mounts. The mounts are, like, 20 bucks. I already like, ate today, so so I'm, I'm done now. I don't have the money to buy anything else. I'm just saying, oh, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, what... Who spends the money on this? I, I guarantee so there's people gullible. that do it though. I guarantee. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, there there's are. there's whales for every well, game. I mean, if if Star Citizen has taught us nothing, that that is the truth of the matter. But I mean, my God. I mean, especially because they have collectible lists for these things. So it's like if you don't have it, there's those empty slots in your list, and there are those people that can't stand that. I feel like that's the type of thing where like the the, the guys that make this game, they just go. Eh, make it ten bucks. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, like who cares? Because whoever buys it, they're just making money. Like it, it doesn't cost any money for them. But like, if they made them each a dollar, or made it all part of the fifteen that it costs to buy the Equestrian, I feel like so many more people would buy it, and then so much more money would be made. Uh, I I'd feel a bit smarter. I, I mean, I feel like I was getting more of a deal instead of feeling like I'm getting ripped off. Yeah. I, I, I don't find the need to purchase any of that type of stuff. Well, me, me either, so like, but I feel like a dollar would oh. be more worth than five dollars. Well, actually, no, Nika. Five dollars is actually more worth than one dollar. That's how it works. <laughs> but, but, but if you can get four more people to buy at the dollar level than you could at the five dollar level for each song, then they make more money. Except, are you really going to have find four more people to buy it at a dollar? <laughs> Because the people so. who's going to buy this are going to be like, eh, a dollar or five dollars. They're going to buy it. Right? We're never so- going to see those stats in the census. How <laughs> 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 many people bought the orchestrian? You know, I would actually love to see their cash shop metrics. Yeah. No, it would be, you know, it would be really would, interesting. It, it would be. It would be fascinating. But I mean, uh, there's, no, there's no. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way. Spoilers. It's more than their subscription numbers. I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it is. Right. I, I bet they make more money on microtrans than they do subscriptions. That's why they've been supporting it so mm-hmm. hard over the last year. Yeah. yeah every other week, they're adding stuff to it. Which Dude. 
it's ridiculous Crazy. the rate that they're adding stuff. They're adding uh, and and I mean, granted, yes, a lot of it is cosmetic. A lot of it is just kind of dumb in nature. Yeah. You know, it's not like game breaking. It's not like oh, it's so cool. Why didn't they put this into the game? Sort of stuff. It's all kind of like I don't know. Dumb role playing glamour. Yeah, it's That's it's it. mostly cosmetic and and fairly harmless. But at the same time, dude, like stuff that is cosmetic ew. and fairly how? harmless still takes as much development time as anything that wouldn't be. So how I mean, I quickly guess. we That's forget funny. about the jump potions? You say it's all he said fairly, mostly fairly harmless, fairly harmless. That's fairly harmless now. Well, no, or no, apparently no. by Yoshi's own admission, remember people didn't at least in North America didn't buy those as much as they had anticipated them. Spoilers: mm-hmm. Yoshi's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a while after they had put that in, like every dungeon I ran had had a, a you know like a jumper, a, a sprout, jumper. yeah, a level sixty sprout, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, I let's complain about it. I, I mean, I think that this is mostly terrible. Yeah, it is. Just like this next thing, which is the Make It Rain campaign, has returned. The uh, rewards this year include three new furnishings based on arcade games: uh, Crystal Tower Striker, Monster Toss Machine, and Cuffaker Machine. Wait, can we actually play those in our houses? I don't know. Go. I mean, yes. Out. You play them That's and get cool. MGP in your house. If you can get MGP in your house and I don't have to go and sit and listen to the obnoxious music that I'm so sick of. Yes, except it's like one or two MGP like per win type deal. That's the the same as it is in the the saucer though, right? Exactly. Do you actually sit around the saucer and and try and farm MGP that way? You can listen to your own orchestra music in your own gold saucer in your own house. (laughs) (laughs) I want to spend five bucks, don't you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Uh. it's actually good like for people I know that have farmed like all the high level MGP things that you sit there and do it during queues during little bits of downtime and like especially because there's a challenge log for just doing a couple of them every week you get like thousands of MGP that way. It's worth. Dude, people still care about MGP? I do. I got the cloud card. Dude, I, I only have like 193,000. I've only ever made that much. I've got like five, 400, 500 now, and I'm working up to the Fenrir now. Oh my God. All right. To be God. fair, I actually forgot about this because <laughs> I would have probably bought these and put them in our. Wait, is it June 6th yet? It's not even June 6th. Yet. All right. Never mind. Uh, if they cost Gil instead of MGP, then I'll probably buy these and put these in our house. It, it's, as I say, yeah, it's from the actual event. From the event. So. There's always that gold saucer event where like all the MGP is. Bonus and stuff. Right? Yeah, but do you have to buy these with Gil? Yeah, see, or I, I MGP. I'm I, pretty sure it's MGP. For some reason, I assume that since they were rewards for the event, that you got them. Nah, like a quest chain. I guess it depends. Because last word, year's rewards? last year's had deals on MGP stuff. Oh my gosh. But the um, reward was like an emote. Yeah, this is not a reward. It is available during it. Oh, jeez. Okay, great. Ugh. All right, well, moving off of that horrible stuff. Uh, now, the middle of last month, we came across an interesting article, and, you know, uh, Nero had mentioned that our topic today is something that we sort of had in the can for a while, but uh, Twinfinite.net had released uh, a list that was the top 10 MMORPGs ranked by current total active users. Now, they, they, they have uh, sort of cited a few different sources based on the different games, so uh, I'm not going to say or that, that these numbers are entirely accurate, but they're, they're sort of ballpark type stuff. I, right? would, I would at least hope that Twinfinite researched these numbers a, right, a little right. bit. Yeah. More, more, than, than, more than what we're researching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, this is we don't us, trust those fly-by-night numbers. Yeah, yeah. So as Nero said, this is going to lead us into our topic today, because we're, we're going to talk about FF14 and how other MMOs stack up against them. Obviously, yes, every 
MMO is different and needs to sort of do their own thing. However, one of the reasons that uh, Yoshi P gave very early on in the redevelopment of 2.0 as to what as to why it was so successful is that they had attributed its success to their philosophy of taking a look at what worked in both Eastern and Western MMOs and sort of weaving those lessons into the game. Now that we are three expansions deep for some people, it's starting to get a bit dull. Yeah. Monotonous. That's a little bit. Yeah. Monotonous. So we wanted to, we wanted to analyze what some of these MMOs are doing right. That maybe FF 14 could take some more lessons from. That's pretty fair. All right. Well, let's get to the let's break down the list. All right. So number 10 is Maple Story. I cannot believe that it's that it's still even a part of the conversation. Actually, an MMO two to four K users. Yeah, there's lots of people that play it. It's a forum game, right? No, no. And Nika showing her colors and doing research for the show. No, it's like no, because I used to play Maple Story. They had. It's People a side-scrolling, jumping puzzle MMO, Nika. There was like... It was browser-based, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. browser... But I remember a lot of it had to do with like posting on forums, you'd get gold. I mean, I'm sure they and, had like, forums that, 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 that helped And then you. I remember that, that they added... That was... Oh, that's Gaia. Gaia. Oh, I'm thinking of Gaia? Yeah, Maple Story is like the big anime eyes. You're like a sprite. A little sprite, sprite yeah. And you will jump around. Yeah. Okay, that's the I game feel like I downloaded that and didn't get very far. Probably not. That's when only two to four K people play it. Yeah. No, I mean, at one point, like, that was... Maple like, Story was massive. I mean, yeah, because yeah. it was free, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a big aspect to it. But it I'm also... I'm surprised that that's on this list, then. The fact that you could play it in, in, in a browser, too. Well, and... and with, with still 4,000 people that play it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I was thinking, is that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked that it's even still part of the conversation. Well, yeah. I mean, the Penguin Club goers had to go somewhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's true. Sitting at number nine is the uh, game that Nika tried out and actually did research for us for today's conversation. That's Terra, which uh, has somewhere between five and 15,000 people playing it. Nika, did you feel like that game was fairly empty when you were playing it? No, no. But there's five servers only, though. But I feel like I could okay, be anywhere. That's... I was in like the newbiest of the newbiest of places, and there was people. Like I was, I okay. saw people everywhere. Interesting. Yeah, and that is a that that's a free to play game that's like downloadable, like on Steam and uh, and PS4 and PS4. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure about uh, Xbox One or not, but yeah, Terra had a had a much more uh, lively population when it was not on console. Was it? Really? Really? Yeah. I, I mean, again, this yeah. was that was a game that came out in like 2007, 2008, really? somewhere around that there. Old? Yeah. yeah. It's oh, yeah. older than you think. Yeah. 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 It wow. says it launched in PC in South Korea in 2011. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, yeah. Sitting at number eight is Eve Online with thirty five thousand people. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, about yeah that's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, is, I don't think any of us have ever actually spent time with The him. only person I know who actively <laughs> plays this is Kyle. Yeah. I, yeah. Kyle! I, I went through the character creator one time, then accidentally hit the randomize button, and afterwards I'm like, not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Uninstalled it. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, number seven, uh, Joe's bringing his specialization uh, to us today with Black Desert Online. 20 to 100k people. That actually seems a little lower than what I would have anticipated it being. Uh, well, that's a yeah. fairly large range. It, well, it yeah. is, too. It's that's true. Range. Yeah. Um, Joe, uh, how do you feel about the current population of BDO? 
It's kind of crazy because like right now it's in flux because there are a lot of people who've been quitting right now. Ah. Uh, there's, a, there's like a, a somewhat exodus because of a lot of different changes that they're very rapidly putting into the game every single week. That's like oh, wow. dramatically P- changing the, MMO, uh, the PvP scene of the game. Oh, so, really? Yeah, like, it's kind like- of like on the downswing of like death, but not not dead, not, not in any way, shape or form. Huh. Um, it's crazy because I've, I've been doing a lot of paying attention. There's a lot of people that are like p- comparing uh, bless Steam active players compared to BDO active players on Steam. Oh, and they, don't, okay. they don't really understand that there are they're like on bless. You can only look at Steam because it's only available on Steam. But BDO, it's also like on, on a live download. You can pick, you can download it from the website. So th- I think that there are more people. It's if I probably say that that's a fair that's a fair shot. But I would want more. I'd love to say I'd like to. In an optimistic way, it'd be great to think that there are more people playing, <laughs> but you got to consider uh, KR, JP, R, uh, Russia, uh, SEA now, and North America all have a, uh, and EU have a pretty large player base. I think that there were probably more players than 100K, but that if it was the stats, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I, I mean, I've got to say, I've been tempted by the uh, by the uh, reasonable price tag on BDO a couple of times. Out of <laughs> all the MMOs that I've been thinking about giving a try, Black Desert has been near the top. Yeah, of like nine ninety nine is such a reasonable buy in for an MMO. Yeah, you know, like it's, that. That I think is is a major selling point right there. It, it is. It's it's very. It's part of the incredible business model that is Black Desert Online. And I'm not going to get into the full extent of it, but oh, we, uh, we might we might ask you about it a little bit later. But uh, yeah, for sure, the um, it, it's it is their their development team and the people that created BDO understand that about a game. So like, there's a lot of people that put out the free to play model up to a certain level cap, right? And BDO says, "You want to play it? It's ten bucks. It's all you got to pay." Yeah, that's that's it's, that's, that's totally reasonable. It's worth because even at ten bucks, like even if I decide I don't like it, like I I don't feel like I've I I have that much skin in the game. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I feel like like with so many MMOs, it's it feels like a commitment. You're making a commitment. Oh, it is. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that you know. As I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online, a lot of people come into the chat and they they ask me about the pricing model and and you know how much a, a month does it cost to play. That is a huge selling point for for you know whether or not someone is going to get invested in it or not absolutely it, it's a it's a mmo gaming is a uh it's like a lifestyle inside of gaming itself like you have like am i an mmo gamer am i an fes gamer am i a a, a moba gamer like what is what is it like when you say hey i'm i'm an mmo gamer you got to understand like there's usually a 15 dollar a month price tag right plus cash shop right like, right that's how you play. Yeah. And so, the more you play, the more you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, all right. I cannot believe number six. <laughs> that this is as high as it is. I, this is, is this is shocking to me. Runescape. Runescape. Oh, no, dude. It's at 100K. Big, yeah. Runescape's where it's at, bro. Runescape still has 100K people. You can play that yeah, on, your, on mobile now, too, remember. And it's super accessible for kids, too. Like, I remember when one of my cousins was, like, in middle school, he could sit there and, like, he would struggle in academics, but he could sit there and tell me all about which magic would level up with this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, wow, this is, like, this generation of kids. It, w- it was pretty amazing to see how how into it, like, a 12-year-old was. Yeah. I, 
I had a buddy that used to bug me about it every day in stream on Final Fantasy 14. He was like, dude, when are you playing RuneScape? When are you playing RuneScape? And I was like, man, I'm never playing RuneScape. In my, in my head, I thought it was this old dead game. And I didn't realize it was like more more people watched RuneScape than Final Fantasy. That's crazy, <laughs> What am I missing here, dude? Dad. It's crazy, man. I, I downloaded RuneScape in high school, got past the tutorial, and never logged back in. <laughs> oh man, yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's crazy because that's part of history of MMOs. It is, it's, yeah, that's it is fair. Crazy. That's fair. It is. I, I mean, like, I, I, there's a part of me that still can't believe that Ultima Online is like accessible. Oh, wow. That you can still is it, is it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you can still log into Ultima Online. They still put out content for is it, it. Private servers or is it no? Is it no, the official yeah. servers. EA runs it now. <laughs> He's so, so confused when you say that. So You're it's, like, I, I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure that none of the content since EA took it over have been good. Like Eighty dollars to log in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you though, they they still have some kind of system to try to recover your account, although it has completely <laughs> stymied me from trying to be able to to bring my account back. You got to buy dead. loot boxes and hopefully your password is in one of them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they would do that shit <laughs> all right dude oh god this this next one, number five i'm not surprised that it's on the list but i guess i'm surprised it's as high as it is just because i don't hear anything about it anymore but uh lord of the rings online apparently sitting yeah. around 250k yeah i i don't know if i believe that <laughs> i don't know that i do either I you know what i mean? don't know man that's a pretty big number for that game but here's the thing here's the thing it, it lord of the rings has that like built-in dedicated fan base where it's like like their whole <laughs> life really high you know the first time i've heard anyone say that mmo in like a year and a half but you gotta you gotta you gotta understand that there are people out there who have like 14 and and 16 year old children who are named Gimli and Legolas you know what I mean those are the people that still play Lord of the Rings online and I can imagine you know like if 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 you've done nothing but read Tolkien since you were 16 and you were born in the 60s like sure I can imagine like that is the game for you you're locked into that one for life all right, oh, and uh, uh, our lifeblood here sitting at number four with, uh, uh, and, and we talked about this last week on our show when we had a, a Reddit post that sort of outlined, you know, the various stages of where the 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 uh, subscription base has fluctuated. Sure. But at number four with half a million Final Fantasy fourteen online. That seems fair. As, I, as I, like yeah. an average. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's that's probably a little bit low. It's probably a little bit low. I'd be really surprised because that's that's well, the last three three LBRs ago. I came on the show and we talked about active current player base. Mm-hmm. And it was like five K, five K, five K, and AEU JP, right? Roughly. And that's that's like a mill and a half. That's a lot of people. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and like we said, there, there was a, a Reddit post that came out a while ago where someone had I guess they've been they've been uh, uh, taking data from the lodestone and trying yeah. to figure out like you know how many act people have been logging in and yeah. and it's fluctuated between like anywhere as low as 600 and I think it peaked at like almost 900k users so yeah mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 900k split up three ways between NAU and, and JP that that's 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 pretty solid. I'd say that 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 would surprise me if there were less. But the week, 500K, like ooh. the week of a patch, maybe. But I, I, I like here's my problem is that you never at any point 
while playing FF14 feel that 500k or that no. 750k, that 900k, whatever that number is, you really don't feel it as you traverse the overworld, nope. as as you do events because it's all, you know, instanced. Yeah, it's all instanced and it's all character matching, mm-hmm. right? Uh player player matching, whatever I can't think of matchmaking. The, matchmaking, thank you. You know what I mean? Like you'd never feel like FF14 is is as much of an MMO as some of these other games. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that that's a big strike against. It's it's tough cuz like the only time you see players is when you decide to queue for content. Right. That's four four man, eight man, 24 man top, 72 man PVP. And that's or, never going to change pers- you know your per- perspective oh, no. is that isn't going to change if there were, you know, 300 people playing or if there were 10 million people playing. So the when do you see when when are you going to experience content in Final Fantasy 14 and then there's more players than that? You got hunts and you got fates. Yeah. Large, large fates like Odin, Karolinga, uh, which, stuff like which that. even if you have all those people, don't yeah. e- they don't necessarily want to do that stuff. And you play it behemoth, you know what I mean? Like you do it one time and you're done. You mm-hmm. never have to do it again. Exactly. Th- yeah. That is a part of one of the things that Final Fantasy could do way better to yeah. talk about later on mm-hmm. is large, uh, uh, repeatable or more designing more actual MMO content for the game. Yeah, yeah no, I definitely, definitely agree. Sitting at number three with 2.5 million, we're now up into the millions, is Elder Scrolls Online. And I think you feel every bit of that 2.5 million as you're playing. Like, I, I constantly... That, that as, doesn't feel, seem high to you? No, it, I, it does. That, that surprises me. But I know that there's a huge PC base. There's a huge. Yeah, base. I, I like I know that it has a huge core following for Elder Scrolls in general. And I know that there are very devoted people that play ESO. Yeah. But I feel like to jump from like maybe 800K with 14 to 2.5 million for Elder Scrolls, I just feel like I feel like it's a little high. Well, something to keep I know there was a big mass exodus of it when it first went the free to play. Yes. Yes. Um, And I know that it's been maintaining a pretty solid amount since then, but 2.5 to seems it brought a lot of people back with its Morrowind expansion. though. It did. Well, that's true. Not just, not just the Morrowind expansion, but a lot of the add ons, right? Like you've got the, the thieves guild add on and uh, the dark brotherhood add on, which introduced, uh, you know, core gameplay aspects from Elder. Elder Scrolls, the main series, like the ability to steal, uh, the ability to murder, uh, having a, uh, you know, a wanted system. So the, 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 the guards, you know what I mean? Like the guards actually serve a purpose. All of those things, like when you strip those elements out, like I can understand before they had those, why that would not have felt like a, a core Elder Scrolls experience. But now that they have those, I mean, the thing that I keep I am so struck by as I play through Elder Scrolls Online is how much it feels like a a a meeting right in the middle of an Elder Scrolls game and an MMO. It is Absolutely. literally just an online Elder Scrolls game. And if there's if you know all the things that you love about Elder Scrolls makes it over to the online version. How often does that happen? And you know, it, it I, I feel like early on, back in the 2.0, kind of went away. I think in 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 Heaven's War, though. You know, we talked about how when you do the MSQ, you just feel like you're playing a Final Fantasy game, which is great, and then once you get, you know, to level cap or once you finish MSQ, then you can join the MMO world that doesn't, I guess, really at, at, at this point really exist. 
Yeah. One of the craziest things you got to consider when you talk about ESO is that the game did not release or launch in the condition or shape that it is in right right. now. It's very bad. It launched all one Tamriel was the, was the change that basically allowed a larger, a much larger audience to enjoy Elder Scrolls online. Like if you remember, if anybody remembers ESO used to be, very much like BDO where you'd go to different places in the world and attack different dungeons and attack different mobs for different levels. And you'd have to like traverse a story and go through it level by level by level. And one Tamriel basically unlocked the entire world. All of the mobs were designed to your level. Yeah. It's pure level scaling. Like oh, there, yeah. it, it's something that world of Warcraft just recently did as well. And, brilliant. And, and it is, it is. And, and I, I got to echo Joe right here. It is brilliant the way that they make Cause, because here's the thing. There's never a point in this game where I felt like I need to grind anything. I'm just going through and I am playing it. Like I play every other, Elder Scrolls game I've ever played. I'm playing it like I played Skyrim and Morrowind and that is, I think, the core of what you want out of an Elder Scrolls experience. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then just every kind of once in a while, it's like some other dude shows up and helps me kill things and it's like, you don't even need to group up with people and the the presence of other players is still beneficial and it and it's never really even that, like, it, it like, impedes your experience either on, on top of that the the another thing that you got to realize is you, you can't say you can't talk about eso without talking about some of the best pvp in an mmo in the world period. see now i haven't done the pvp at all and and i'm i'm curious to ask you about it but uh let's 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 knock out the last two uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh on these lists and uh and we'll we'll start we'll jump getting, into it yeah we'll get yep. real deep into it yep. number two oh, yeah. at three million is guild wars 2 mm-hmm. okay and uh, of course, Th- that doesn't seem high. You know, no, that's uh, legit. That's yeah, really, Guild Wars 100%. is weird to me. Like, like I believe it. You know, you buy it once, everything is free from there on out, right? Guild and Guild and Wars I know is that on, they on fire right now. Yeah, and they had, they they just came out, I think, with like their second expansion. Um, uh, but yeah, Guild Wars is very easy to 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 get into, and I think even if you leave it for a while. To just jump right back into it. It's, well, it's and they're easy. they're cleaning house with all of the negative press on Bless. They're oh. really <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're taking advantage of that shit big time. Yeah, and then of course, uh, oh man, at, I got a lot to talk about Guild Wars. Too. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. And then of course at uh, at number one, no surprise, Ragnarok Online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ragnarok Online. At five, Bless. at around five million Bless. is Bless. Bless Online, guys. Yeah, no, I don't think so. World of Warcraft. Uh, well, yeah, of, of course. course. World yes, of Warcraft. Yes. yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. Uh, no surprise. Yes, uh, exactly. So, um, all right, let's let's get deep into this MMO conversation um, because I, I I mean, and I already feel like we've we've kind of let off uh, a bit with uh, with ESO yeah. and 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 again, you know, my my main comparison that I was doing between the two games was the quest st- structure because. Yep. Uh, you know, I got uh, I, I I here's here's how I had gotten to playing ESO in the first place. I had installed a whole bunch of MMOs to play for Extra Life. Didn't get a chance to actually do my Extra Life stream or MMO tour. But as some of the you know, like before I uninstalled, uh, you know, some of the software, I wanted to to check it out. And ESO was one of those where I was like within 10, 15 minutes of logging in and playing it again. I was like, wow, there's actually something really compelling here 
here that I'm really enjoying and that I want to keep I want to keep playing. And so I decided to compare that up against Stormblood's quests. <laughs> oh, oh. They're over. Oh they're over. <laughs> I know this is going to be not, but they're overworld quests, right? Not the MSQ. Yeah. The the stuff that is like you know sort of clustered around different hamlets in Can the you different zones. Go grab zones. me that scroll right there. What? That's the quest. Go hand me that scroll. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Away from yeah, me. exactly. Um, and and so uh, here's here's what I found is that if you do nothing but questing in ESO, you will have a bajillion hours to play in that game. Okay. And and if that's the aspect that you like, it's pretty much going to maintain its consistency entirely throughout. Now, but are the quests compelling enough that you don't get quest fatigue? Because I can tell you already with Tara, there are so many random yes. shitty fetch quests that I got quest fatigue really bad. <laughs> let, but but let obsession me, let, with clearing those stupid exclamation points. So even though I'm so tired of it, I can't stop. Hang on. Let, Nika, let me ask you a question. Did You, you played Skyrim, didn't you? I have not actually. <gasps> I know it was blasphemy. I own Skyrim. Surin is it. playing Skyrim. I watched him play bits and pieces of it. So um, I own it. I have not played it. Yeah. Did you play Morrowind? No, I haven't played any. No, of okay. Games. See, because it's. I think it would be really hard to describe because the quest structure mimics the way that other Elder Scrolls games have worked. Yep. It's okay. not exactly like uh, an your traditional MMO quest. There are a lot of branching storylines and overarching storylines like the way that this the story in Elder Scrolls works is you find a point on on a map and there's like a miniature storyline that happens at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, uh, there's a a hamlet and it's uh, under attack by orcs. You clear the orc attack and now the hamlet is safe. But hey, those orcs are also attacking something else in the area oh, they and there's someone <laughs> and but but it builds towards a big bad for the zone mm -hmm. so yeah. that there's an overarching storyline for the zone that each of these smaller quests play into yep. same thing that that wow has been doing very very good right Wait, and when you say by kidnap a character can they kidnap an npc that nobody can access until you save them uh that, that uh, not cool. not quite to that it's, it's, level yeah it's not quite there that but uh, there is like the world definitely changes as you clear mm -hmm. quests right yeah. like um there there seems to be two different versions of the of sections of the map that characters can be going through at any one given time uh, whether based on whether or not you've cleared that quest for that particular area and so you know if there's like uh, you know you're you're trying to clear the undead out of an area after you finish all of the undead will either now be non-aggressive or they are just gone. Like you don't see them uh, on on your map placement anymore. So it does very clever ways. It, it, like it, it does very clever things to make you feel like you've had a very real and tangible impact in the places that you've been questing. And then there's the over overarching MSQ storyline that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically ripped out of any other Elder Scrolls game where you start as a prisoner and now you're <laughs> on a quest to save the world somehow. And and it is incredibly loyal to the game structure. Yeah, the, the Elder Scrolls game structure uh, that, that they've been so famous for. 
the 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 best things that I've analyzed playing Elder Scrolls Online is that a the best thing that it does is that it, it creates a massively multiplayer Elder Scrolls Online experience yes. that you can play at your own pace. Yes. If you want to dive into the story, you have you have way more than you could ever imagine and small scale individualized like specific NPC story and also overarching three different uh, uh Aldemary, uh, Dominion, yes. freaking, uh, Ebonheart, and Daggerfall. You've got three huge houses. You could play all three of them. All of those things exist inside of the game. You've got a battle that you're familiar with, not as not as like involved as an Elder Scrolls game, but you've got a battle system that's action combat, and uh, that really brilliant voice acted every storyline everything is voice acted Bro. literally every Ooh. npc you talk to is voice acted and i cannot tell you what Dude. that does to my heart it, it is you just so dive in smart and you immerse yourself into the game yeah because you can let it play itself and it's not just like well acted like you've got actors that are like intense and involved with like cool voices but pretty sure steve blum is in there as a voice actor Dude, there's too so yeah. many good voice actors in oh that, my in god Elder but you also have that beautiful, like, really playful humor in the game where, like, the chicks will joke around or flirt with you. Or, like, you've got that one sneaky thief that always is trying to get away with something. Like, yeah. it's really entertaining. It's very good. It, it is. And it's and, and again, it's loyal to an Elder Scrolls experience, right? It's Absolutely. it's like it's like the creators ask themselves, OK, like with every item that they put into the game or every quest that they put into the game, like what makes this quantifiably an elder scrolls experience and Mm -hmm. and i felt that at at every level of of the game so far and i i really enjoy that one of the biggest strengths of that too which again uh uh, world of warcraft does it as well they don't have all the voice acting which i i would think would be cool but once you finish questing in an area whether it's the zone itself or just a small subset of the zone it feels changed because of your because of your yep. presence, you know, specifically with the the, the recent, uh, well, I don't think it's recent at this point, but the most recent update, which was adding Argus, you know, when you first go there, this is a, a planet that has been ruled by demons for since ever, just embroiled in war and turmoil, and you are essentially trying to, to, to spearhead, like, a, an offensive front and, like, establish a foothold here. So as you go through these, these quest chains, what used to just be a cave where demons were infested, once you finish it now is your base of operations, you know, and then as you go from point to point to point, you can watch this story unfold. And now you have new places to spearhead this offensive against them. That's interesting. Uh, uh, last two things I got us. You got to talk about ESO our um, one PVE instance, which is like the world boss type exploration hunts that they have in the world. Like you can travel the entire map and find like these skulls that turn into different, uh, level boss like boss instances not necessarily a boss but like you can go out there and fight them with multiple people or if yeah. you have strong enough gear you can do it by yourself right which adds to this beautiful adventure aspect of the game where you can just go out and journey through the world and experience the world for what it is exactly and, yeah and the dungeoning different levels of dungeoning pve it has raids which is crazy a lot of people don't even associate eso with raids because of how popular the pvp is i've, but, I've never done uh, a, a a dungeon or a raid that Dude, required it, me to group up with people like I've never done any of those really, really good. Like they actually have fun content where tanks tank and healers heal. And you know what I mean? And, and the DPS DPS, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's you don't see it a lot because you, you it's not one of the things that you really think the game is known for. Well, not just that, but I mean, like, uh, honestly, the way that you build your class seems inherently 
counter towards the 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 trinity the of, trinity yeah, yeah. and and, so, and that's yeah. one of the i think that's actually one of the coolest aspects about eso absolutely are you oh my god the, the dude the specking in in eso is so good it's so nice because you can customize every single aspect of yep. your character from the skills to the specialities to the moves that you want them to have to the weapons that you use to the class the, the race that, that is want. where ff14 could pull from for sure Ooh. like oh, <laughs> i mean they don't even have the the, the stat specking in 14 anymore they're like yep that didn't work no scrap that if you're a ninja you're the same as every other ninja that ever existed <laughs> yeah you have ninja stats <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and and honestly though like it is one of the the coolest things and the most malleable parts of of eso now i i, I do want to do my my comparison to ff14's questing system because yes. FF14's quests, uh, there is a a certain detachment that I have with the quests that I do in Eorzea. The MSQ is very specifically crafted, but but the quests really feel like they're just kind of throwaway, right? Like, I, I don't feel like I've ever really learned more about the world or anything meaningful through a quest. Usually that stuff is reserved for the MSQ. So, you know, if you do the MSQ, you're getting all of the pertinent information or all of the juicy stuff and then there's really like it the, the well with quest- 14 you know if you click on it and the quest log thing has a picture at the top yeah. you know it's got some lore yeah, good. if yeah. there's a no li- picture like at a all, little bit of lore random. like I, that's not even necessarily 100% true I'm thinking of the, the Ruby C quests that they have you do where you're helping a dude like sharpen up his fishing skills that shit I, I read every iota of it and after it was done I was like I want to log off this game and never log back in i was actively fucking angry because it didn't it didn't serve a purpose he was sad oh i'm gonna have to leave the village oh i'm so sad boo fucking who i don't care about any of these people the story doesn't make me care and and i thought like i was starting to think like uh, that's just me right like that's just cynical asshole anero but 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 as i'm going through through ESO, the way that the story is told through these quests makes me give a shit about absolutely everything that I'm doing. There's every once in a while, every great once in a while, I'll hit a quest where I'm like, this is dragging a little bit. But they're so, like, like they're, I don't know, they're, they're so... They, you move through them so quickly that it's like it almost doesn't matter, right? Like if you hit one that's like not your thing in 10 minutes, you're going to be on to your next activity and it's not really going to matter, right? The, the only thing that I would say in arguments or like in difference to that is that if you played as much ESO as you have Final Fantasy, you do you do analyze the pattern of the story, which it does get to over a long, long time. And that's the that's one of the biggest detriments to all MMOs. That's not something that's specific to Final Fantasy 14 or ESO or Black Desert online well black doesn't has no fucking story no matter what so <laughs> it's one separate thing but like you do find you do realize the repetition i think one of the things that's tough about final fantasy 14's story quests is that it's fluff it's that it does you do not get anything from it uh, yeah. but flavor text yeah and I, I i don't i don't ever want to detract from what that is but that is part of like the final fantasy universe where you do have those silly stories and you do learn about this other stuff it'd be nice if that that's that served a purpose right and i hate i hate to say this type of thing because i'm a 
I'm Facebook friends with Michael Christopher Koji Fox and I don't want him to be mad at me, but like the guys that put that work into the localization and they make those stories and they write those stories, like they put a lot of passion and work into them, but they are not as appreciated by the audience of the, of the uh, subscribing populace of this, of final fantasy 14 as elder scrolls online, because it is not as engaging. Like there's this type of, there's this type of intensity that you experience when you're playing an Elder Scrolls story, like you're talking to this dude, you're talking to this raptor, you know what I mean? You're talking to this uh, uh, orc, and you're just yeah. there. You're yeah. listening to every freaking word that he's saying. He's like, okay, now I got to go save this thing over here. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, let's go. And, and, and I think, you know what? I do think that, you know, voice acting plays a very big role in that, Absolutely. right? You know, I... Forty doesn't even voice act all of its MSQ. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> like, come on, at least voice every MSQ cutscene. Oh, at least. Boy. Except they but can't no. because they add so much frivolous text to all of their MSQ. Exactly. And that's, that's part of it. That's part of it is sort of the the um, padding that it's like fluff. It is. It is. It, why why does it take like three dialogue bubbles to express one thought? Okay, but but guys, what about the fact that I, I'm sure that ESO probably makes and has so much more money because that that's a big budget thing, right? And I mean, come on, uh, FF14 has such a small team and you know. I, I don't I, I honestly don't know if that's even like a fair assessment to make because they they if they uh, I, I it might be I don't know how much you've spent and I couldn't say one or the other, but like it, it's a difference in the writing. It's a difference in. Yeah. Like, here we go, guys. I'm on a quest to save the world. I'm on a quest to save the world from this evil bad guy. It, I need to fight this of, evil bad guy with the sword of truth. And that's why we're on a quest to save the world. It, and let me go do that quest now. It's here's why? what I, like, like, here's what it is. Like, I feel like there's there's a fundamental question that has to lie at the heart of every quest chain. And that is, why is this happening in this world? Why is this important to the character? And a lot of times that's not ju- that's just not asked it's like a foregone conclusion we have to program a quest in here and it's you know like and i understand that there's only there's only a limited amount of things that you can send people on a quest to do like there's you know you can go to a point click a point or fight a thing and then come back right like those are generally the way that most mmo quests operate and there's a limited amount of things that you can have people doing inside the world but in that in the way that you kind of set it up and and you know uh make the 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 appeal to the player as to why they should care like that i think is the question that's not getting asked often enough it's it, it's just not it's not it's not in uh, all of the side quests aren't as involved or anywhere near the main line of the story in final fantasy 14 yeah just such like non No, they, they don't give you any agency you're the warrior of light you're gonna do these things because because yeah. it's a game that's what you're supposed to do yeah yeah but why is the warrior of light helping all these fucking moogles thank why? you yes no xp that exactly like that that is is it's like that's the question that never got asked during that like why yeah, are, dude. Why are we helping the Moogles? Does it really fucking matter? Yeah, and I think that's the problem with the storytelling again, making our character like the one chosen all godly being because like the player obviously needs to be doing quests. But if we are this like true epic famous chosen one, we wouldn't be doing that. And again, so it really is- has that contradiction going on that 
they're having trouble between the storytelling and the MMO aspect of the game. And, 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 and again, but it, more powerful, like we're more and more powerful. We're not right. Like, it's not going to the other way. Well, and I think again, that's that's another one of the strengths to ESO's storytelling is that your your reputation feels like your own, right? When people encounter you in the world, it's not like they don't reference what you've done in the MSQ because there's really no way for those characters to have knowledge of that. But if you've cleared, you know, a couple of quests on the map, they'll be like, oh, you're the hero from East March. You helped them out. That's really cool. And and that, I think, is is also another really important aspect to ask is like, how do how are characters being informed of a lot of the things that are happening in the world? I don't think that that's something that's even been touched on, which I think that's why we did actually praise that aspect of Stormblood on launch, because Twitter. the characters uh, <laughs> because the characters in in Doma and Alamigo didn't necessarily know who we are. So when we joined them and we helped with the nod, I'm like, they didn't give two shits who we were. And like, we actually did praise about how it did feel like we were just one of the mass I mean, rather than the chosen one. But then that quickly, as soon as we kill Zenos, it's like now exactly. we're the chosen one all over yeah. again. Yeah. And, and, yeah. That's, and that's just at kickoff. And in the MSQ, of course, that's the easy way to do it. You put one line at the beginning where, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, look, you you may be hot shit back where you're from. But over here, no. Yeah. Like, it's one line. Big fucking deal. Like, I don't know why. I mean, yes, we did praise it to start off with. But, you know, so sort of when you look back and, and you're looking at the bigger picture overall, and especially, you know, with, with the way that you're talking about how they really make the world feel alive in Elder Scrolls Online. It just, it seems like it was really just like, oh yeah, okay, here you go. Blah, 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 blah. They talked about you. You happy? Let's get on with not creating content. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a redundant theme of the dialogue is to always talk to the hero of light and the warrior of light in the same way. Oh, you're this guy. Oh, you must be this. It's like you, you see it, Pat. uh, This is, Okay, so two things real quick, but in an MMO, if you're talking about engagement and the way that an MMO engages a consumer base or a populace or a a player base, you got to talk about what keeps them coming back and what keeps them playing. And the things that ESO does really well, what keeps them playing is the story that you can play forever. But uh, what keeps them coming back is the new, obviously, like new raids and new storyline. But what keeps them playing also is PvP. Final Fantasy 14 does not have that thing that keeps you playing, which turns it into, in essence, one of the best PVE theme park MMOs in the world. Yeah. Where you do come back for more story and you do come back for more raids, but you can't. What, the, there is nothing that keeps you playing once you've completed the new content. Right. And that's that's why people I feel like a lot of people have realized the distribution the new content schedule and they go, it's all more of the same. And the, the, the biggest changes that we've gotten have been with the battle system, yeah. every expansion, but it's still the same schedule, every expansion. And that gets old to the player base. A hundred percent, man. I can't agree with you more on that. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, one of the things that the next expansion includes is not tearing down the battle system again. Yeah. Because I think that that's just a waste of development time, you know, um, and and I understand that you've got to address ability bloat in some form or fashion. But I, I at this point, you know, like I, I think that the, the level cap is actively hurting the, the development of this, on, this game, you know, on, on that subject, because I, I think saying tearing down the battle system is giving them way too much credit for what they did. Yeah. They, they definitely use that as like, you know, this big marketing point for 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 the new expansion, right? Redesigning, uh, but all they did is what World of Warcraft, for example, does 
every single expansion as part of maintenance just so that the gameplay doesn't get overbloated. That's yeah. like something well, that f- from here on out, I kind of expect of an MMO development team. If you're coming out with a new expansion, with a new level cap, new moves, new whatever, part of cleaning house is to go through and saying, okay, what... Accuracy stat sucks. Let's get rid of that. Right. What here is bloat? What do we not actually need? What can we cut back on that is just... It's it's, it's unnecessary. Yeah. It's really well said in the point that you're making because, like... It, that was presented to the populace and the population of the world and not just the not just the Final Fantasy players, but also new players mm-hmm. as this brand new thing. And in essence, it wasn't no. really all of that. It was the this difference in advertising to the actual reality yeah. of it. Yeah. And that 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 is by itself, I think one of the biggest innate problems in all MMOs. And you can I could go off for an hour right now about well, how badly that's killing Bless. It is, but <laughs> oh my God. We, we could we could talk for hours about what's killing Bless. But I, yeah. I think I, I, I think that, that one of the, the problems and 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 Robbie, I think that the or, or Kahlo, you hit the nail on the head here, is that this is a normal thing that most MMOs do and they don't make it a main marketing point. And yeah. the fact the fact that it was like like, oh, the new expansion is going to have this improved battle system. It's like, well, uh, you know, like hype. that's nor like, isn't that normal? Like we're starting to hype up normal stuff that MMO <laughs> development is supposed to do in the course of running an MMO. And it's like, why should we be praising Square Enix for doing their job? Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the things that, that I've noticed uh, recently with WoW, but, but when I look back through the history of it, they've been doing it for a while is things that they feel don't augment the experience or aren't adding to the fun they will straight up cut uh, uh, there oh, straight was up. straight up there, there, there was a system they they used to have uh, I forget what it was called but let's say you have a piece of gear that had crit on it and haste was your stronger stat you could actually go and turn some of that crit into haste right so it sort of made it so that some gear that may not be as useful to you now could be a little bit more useful right it was a super cool and interesting thing that they did but afterwards they kind of realized it's just it's over complicating things they completely cut that out of the game or or uh, uh they're, they're they've done away with entire uh professions before that they kind of realized like you know what this is probably just more work and and more number crunching for players and and that's not really as fun yeah um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about WoW here a little bit since uh, since we've started to to move into it. What, uh, Kala, what was the the comparison that you did? Uh, you know, comparing WoW when to FF fourteen. Yeah, when I recently came back to Legion, one of the first things that I did that, that that has really stuck out into my mind since then is actually now considered old content. I think it was like seven point one. It was the the death of Chromie, who's the Bronze Dragonflight leader. They help. Uh, uh, they're like the stewards of time. She comes to you and she's like, yeah, someone uh, uh, assassinated me in the future and I died where I wasn't supposed to die. So you get thrown into this scenario, which is very similar to like what a dungeon is. You have 15 minutes to complete it. And I'm like, all right, this shouldn't be too hard. You go and you start to investigate one part of it and then realize, okay, now that I have figured out what I've done, maybe I can do it in the 15 minute time limit. But then you realize you have to make another investigation into all four dragon shrines. And then it ends up evolving into having to stop eight different assassinations all within the same 15 minute period every time you go in you learn something new you get uh, uh, uh new tools to help yourself deal with it and even once you get to the point where you should be able to do this speed run it's still incredibly difficult and the way that this one event evolved into something bigger that actually takes skill and isn't just go here and do this like i look at 
dungeons that take 15 minutes in Final Fantasy 14, right? Right. Once you do it the one time, that is every single run of that dungeon you will ever do from now until the end of eternity. And having done just this Death of Chromie scenario just one or two, three times, it's already changed drastically. And the idea that you could go in and, and have an event just change like that, and, and, and the more skilled you are, the better you get at it, it actually felt like, well, why, why aren't, why doesn't anything, first of all, in FF14 compare to this? And I don't even know if there's anything in, in any other MMOs that sort of feel like that. Besides, I mean, dungeons, you go into instances, you complete it, and, and it's never really changed in that same way. Right. Uh, I, I mean, that's uh, is it something that FF14 could apply to their dungeon system in a reasonable way? Looking at the stuff that they've developed up to this point, probably not. I think 14 could easily do like a mythic style dungeon where each time you repeat it, it gets harder until you lose. Like, how is that would not be that hard? Yeah, yeah. To See, even even the mythic uh, style dungeon, that's something that, that, yes, they could easily do. The idea that every time you go in, uh, numbers start to scale, adding in the the like, uh, that would be so easy if they just don't. And I don't get it. I mean, at that point, I think that would be just blatantly ripping off World of Warcraft. Well, I mean, right. but, yeah. like they right, but there, there are ways to implement stuff like that, though. And I just, I, don't know. I, I think that one of the one of the toughest things that I, uh, I I've analyzed about Final Fantasy in the last four years is that like they are unreasonably safe in all of the development. Yes, of everything. Safe so is the best it's all, word it's to all use the there. Plug yeah. and go very safe. Are, yeah, the dungeons are dungeons. The raids are raids. That's the only time they'll allow people to call it hard or challenging when people like want it. So that's the only thing that's really difficult. I thought that I honestly thought that Palace of the Dead was going to be so much more fun than mm. what it was in in development when we were talking about it. When we talked about the advent of Palace of the Dead, a hundred level dungeon in this game that got different, it was randomized floors. I didn't think that it was going to be this repeatable, spammable leveling thing. Yeah, three well, months later, I'm I'm hoping though that that is a good uh, base level for what the next deep dungeon is going to be, and we no, won't see that. Unfortunately, until okay, uh, stop. It's, it's going to be I mean, better. my next point with Wow. My next point with Wow. Every expansion again. They take a look at what worked, what didn't work, and they will straight up prune and cut stuff off and add new stuff in. The artifact system, which which we've done entire episodes on, was so freaking cool. They're doing away with it because there are parts, there are aspects of it that they look at and they're like, all right, you know what? Players didn't really like that. How can we make this more fun? When has Square Enix ever done that? Yeah, well said. you could you could make this game enjoyable like 90 percent more enjoyable to the new player if you streamlined the first 150 story quests and they would they'll never do it if you streamlined the the relic system if you streamlined like it's crazy it's well said dude well said man Oh, man. I, I think it's frustrating because, you know, there's there's so many opportunities that that Square Enix could take to make this game better. But you're right. The the the, the safety that they've built into all of their content, you know, is it, it's almost it, it's the safety part of it is the monotonous part. Right. Yep. And it almost it, it almost just feels like just try some shit. Just try it. I think that's what was so refreshing about 
Eureka, at least in, you know, like in to the start first. With. Yeah, in the first couple of weeks, because it felt something like like it was really doing something different than 99 percent of the uh, of all of the other content in FF14. And just the fact that they would be open to trying something new was yeah. exciting. And, Absolutely. And, and of course, after, you know, three, four weeks, yes, it got monotonous. Yes, people dropped off of it. And, you know, it's pretty barren at the moment. We'll see what what Pagos ends up looking like. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it, it, it three expansions in is not the point where you want to still be playing it safe with your MMO. At, yeah. s- at some point, you've got to kind of take the, the training wheels off for your audience. For yourself. Uh, well, for, as creators, yes, but also for your audience to make, you know, like... To make it feel like this is really worth investing in long term, I, I think one of the one of the toughest things that that the Final Fantasy fourteen development is experiencing, and especially with Yoshi P, is that like his job was to come in and fix and not ripple the pond too much. Like he had to come in and save the game, and right. then just maintain enough. So I can understand. I understand the perspective why because you dig you dig Square Enix out of the hole that Final Fantasy 14 1.0 vanilla dug itself and then it's like okay let's just let's just maintain this MMO as a business as long as we can and then whatever happens happens you know but that is like the the cookie cutter generic Oh, cookie cutter. Uh, Remember that term? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it, is the, it is the cookie cutter generic life of every single MMO. It comes out fun concepts. Devs do their best to adapt. Overall, people get tired of it and move on to something new. Like, what can we do to maintain cash shop in the meantime? What can we do to maintain subscriptions in the meantime? Re-engagement campaign. Let's get people back in. Like, you see it in every single freaking video game, man. Yeah. But what would be lovely is just games taking shots and saying, hey, let's make a brand new something that nobody's ever seen before. But yeah. the toughest thing about the business of MMOs is that nobody's in the business of taking chances. They're in the business of keeping scu- keeping subs. Well, and it seems like every other MMO kind of has its hook where it's been adventurous in one area, right? Like ESO, yeah. Yeah. ESO seems to have its hook in PvP, right? Like you know, you've got you've got you know quests that Bethesda is kind of known for, right? Like that's the thumbprint of the series. But then, what do you do to kind of like make your MMO different? from other MMOs and for ESO right. it was really PVP that they kind of hung their their yeah, hat Cyr- on Cyrodiil oh my gosh large scale sieging PVP goes on 24 hours a day you've got some of the smaller scale uh, Imperial City and then you've got the 4v4v4 um, battleground in the new Morrowind expansion that the- <laughs> That's that's the thing. That's the thing that people can always play. That's like that. What's going to take the place of playing a Fortnite game inside of the MMO that you're already actively <laughs> subscribed to? I'm just I'm keeping it real, dude. It engages the 12 year old with ADD. Yeah. It says, "Hey, I want I want to play a game for 15 minutes instead of doing the same dungeon I've done 50 times. Yeah. I'm going to go do a PvP match." Yeah. And, oh my gosh, man! Like Elder Scrolls does a lot because it's not just the PvP that it's known for. It is it is actually engaging Elder Scrolls storyline plus voice acting. And PvP, absolutely. Hey, let's go to yeah. our let's go to our phone lines and talk to Strife, who wants to talk about WoW versus uh, FF14. Strife, what's going on, man? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Thanks Yo. for calling. Hey, dude. All right. That sounded very disdainful, wow. Nico. Oh my no. god! <laughs> no, I like Strife. I miss Strife. 
Whoa, shots fired. <laughs> oh, straight. I just wanted to, uh, by the way, just really quick, thank you and say I had a lot of fun the other day when we were uh, doing that casual raid uh, uh, for Antorus the other day in World of Warcraft. So uh, thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, no problem, man. It's a good time. So what's up? All right. So basically, kind of to expand a bit about what you guys were talking about earlier, and Nero, you've been talking about how 14 is very inflexible, and I agree. Um, and, you know, Nika, you're saying, well, I don't see why they couldn't just, you know, throw Mythic Plus into this system. I think there's something you're missing there. Basically, um, when it comes to the way dungeons are designed in WoW versus 14, there's something fundamental there. Um, did you know that almost every raid in FF14, you can go find a chart online for exactly which second every mechanic occurs? Really? It's that pattern? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I have not been able to find that for any fight in WoW for the last three expansions. I don't know if that's true, man. That's a, that's that, that's really difficult to predict uh, RNG based mechanics in the last two tiers of Stormblood. The yes, there but is. the thing is that the RNG mechanics that exist are still scripted to be like one of four RNG. So yes. it's like it could be this or this or this, but if it's this, then right. this is what's going to follow it. Like it's it's scripted RNG too. Okay, it's, it's very, Wow, wow weird. is not like I don't, I've never variated in Wow, so I wouldn't be able to to say any otherwise. But basically, it comes down to there's a lot more breakpoints based on health percentages in Wow. Where if your DPS is good enough, you can break the mechanics from happening. You can transition to another phase early and things like well, that. Final Fantasy has that also. Yeah, it's the same, right? But the difference is that there's a lot more mechanics that may or may not happen that you, again, it's RNG, you roll the dice. Whereas every time I've done a raid in 14, it's felt incredibly rigid. And this isn't just the raids, this transitions down to the dungeons, which as you know, don't really have much difficulty. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is if they tried to do a mythic plus system, which is basically let's add two our RNG mechanics or three and put a timer on it and make it scale up harder and harder every time. If they tried to do that, the fact of the matter is there's no, way you can take a different route in the way the 14 dungeons are designed it's a linear path there's no there's no way for you to choose to go around this mob and kill these sets of mobs instead there's, yeah there's no it, choice that that is i think one of the biggest problems with the dungeons outside of you know total rock you are locked into one path one path only one hallway. and it never changes the fact that you know ff14 is probably the least dynamic mmo that i've ever played in my life you know i think that that that's a major strike against because the dynamic part is what makes things interesting you know i and and even going back into 2.0 when i was so super Super enthused on this game and and just ready to play it all the time. It did have a hypnotic effect when you would play it where you would feel like after maybe five, six hours, you're going to fall asleep exhausted. Yeah. And and it would be like in the middle of the day, whereas, you know, I, and, and again, granted, I'm still, you know, sub 100 hours in ESO. Granted, not very far. I think I'm like 87, 89 hours uh, plugged into ESO. I like I don't get that same hypnotic effect playing uh, other MMOs that I do with FF14. Well, and also to to Strife's point about the difference in the way the raid mechanics work. You know, when we do a new raid, even if they present them in a different way, like the 24 man when you're fighting uh, uh, Belias and he does a little charge from around the edge. 
that that's the same thing we've been seeing since Ifrit, right? Right. Sometimes yeah. they'll they might you know change the graphics a little bit, but those are still just tremors from from uh, uh, from Titan. Mm-hmm. In and, and we only get you know four bosses at, at at a time in those, but in World of Warcraft, you know they they give you three bosses at a time, and you're going from one to another. The mechanics can be so vastly different that that you're not just looking at it and saying, oh, that's just that thing from you know the other guy again, right? I don't, I don't yeah, like people like, calling yeah. out people calling out uh, uh, moves from Sleece, like uh, Sleece positions for what was it? Uh, the turn three of uh, Omega. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we've, we've seen it before somewhere else. Right. And to Kahlo's point, it's not even just three bosses at a time. That's just for the one set of difficulty. Normally, it's an environment with 10 or 11 bosses. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That, that, that was for, for in Final Fantasy 14. When a patch comes out, you get four bosses. That's it. Right. In uh, a World of Warcraft, for an entire uh, tier, here's like 13 bosses. Yeah. Right. But here's, but here's the kicker. Let's say you're not really that hardcore into rating. Let's say you don't give a shit about endgame. WoW still has an advantage. ESO still has an advantage. Guild Wars 2 still has an advantage. For Guild Wars 2 and ESO, it looks like the PvP is incredibly strong. And oh, yeah. ESO, Ian, ESO has done pretty good work, it seems like. But again, I haven't played it myself yet. Uh, for some of their dungeons and raids, especially I heard Clockwork Tower or whatever it's called, Clockwork City, sorry, is incredible. And then Guild Wars 2 has finally started to add raids to do if you case you get bored of PvP, although I still think... Guild Wars 2 has had raids for a long time. Yeah, they added it in Heart of Thorns. They didn't launch with it, right? Was that it? I'm not sure, but they've had they've had raids for years. Okay. Uh, I just know it was a newer edition. It wasn't there in the beginning, but that's fine. Either way, the point is that those two games have this really strong PvP presence. They've just started to evolve like some of their other prever- uh, was it presences in other spaces like PvE, and it's really good, right? It's quality. You have a variety of things to do on top of all that story content. When it comes to WoW, you have the Mythic Plus system, which we've talked about before. You have Battlegrounds. You have Arenas, which is like Feast in 14, but not Cancer. And then you also have <laughs> World Quest. Well done. So, like, and the and the world quests, right? Is this system to Kahlo's point earlier that Blizzard experimented with? They brought it into Legion, um, and they basically actually they tested it out in Warlords of Draenor as these bonus objectives while you level up, and then they would disappear when you hit level cap. And then in Legion, they made it an entire system, kind of like Fates, but they actually attached rewards you cared about to it. Yeah, incentivizing. Right. So that every three hours on the map, your world quest would change. Some would last for a week. Some would last for a day. Others would last three hours. It varies. And you always have something to do. So you can't feel forced to do dailies every day because well, it's impossible uh, uh, to but keep well, up. Uh, well, not, not to mention, world quests are essentially what dailies used to be. Because for the rep grinds now, you're doing world quests, but you don't feel like you're going to the same NPC every time doing your five quests and then fucking off for the day. And there's now it's actually people around you that are also doing them that you're teaming up with. And to the point that you were making in ESO when you're out doing your own thing, as people just sort of show up and make the world feel alive. If you want to team up with them, you can. Yeah. It, that's Absolutely. that's a big it's, boon. It's, it's engaging Absolutely. MMO content. Yes, right. exactly. And it and it actually solves problems too because the problem with the traditional daily system was always that okay, I have twenty dailies I can do every day. So it started to feel like a chore. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I got to do my yeah. twenty dailies every day. Now yeah. it's like okay, yeah, good luck trying to do every world quest as it refreshes every few hours. You'd be an insane person. So this actually, in a weird way, freed people from that obligation while still giving the people who wanted to go hardcore plenty of things to do. 
Well, and again, you know, when 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 you talk about like, uh, you know, having that many dailies, like what is a daily actually like? What what point does that serve? It gets somebody to log into the game, which is the end goal of of the game, right? Like the game. Des- that's what the game designer wants. That's not necessarily what the player wants. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I do feel like that's got to be, uh, you know, a big part of the conversation and, and a big part of the conversation that the devs have to have with. With themselves is you know is this something that I want am I trying to motivate to do the play to have the player do something that I want or is the player going to be naturally motivated because it's fun right like that there's there's a difference between those two different things the most cleverly designed stuff is stuff that they want you that accomplish both at once <laughs> exactly want, yes I'm going to make content that I want you to play that you're going to love playing and want to play yourself well and I think one of the reasons that that the world quests did that so well because back when you know when, when it used to just be dailies you know you'd log on to get your rep and they would always just give gold but if you didn't need that rep anymore you didn't know, need those daily quests anymore now everything in some way shape or form comes from world quest whether it's rep whether it's new gear whether it's some you know currency to, to to get better in some way it's all there you know i find myself going to argus and being like all right which of these is going to give me what i need and i'm not gonna you know touch the other ones okay so in wow though how quickly like like how much investment does it take to feel like you've run out of upgrades to do because that's i think something that all of us have hit in ff14 where if we're staying current on you know grinding for tomes and now we've got all Mm -hmm. of our tome gear like right now dude i got all my tome gear from the last patch the only thing that I'm logging in to do in FF14 is to do Lighthouse once a week to get my upgrade piece uh, to, to you know, upgrade my gear to 370. Otherwise, you know, because rating, rating doesn't interest me in the least, uh, at least until, you know, the next couple of mini patches. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's really not much for me to do in FF14. I'm not even doing experts because it's like, what the fuck is the point? I don't yeah. need the tones. Okay, so where I'm right. at as far as gearing goes because i because i am still doing quests and just trying to basically the reason the whole still the reason that you're playing through eso i'm just doing quests okay, and trying to get caught up. Caught. Yeah, okay. right where i'm currently at though i do have good enough gear to where if i wanted to now i could start running like like the the normal raids maybe i could do her- heroic stuff i'm uh, i think i'm almost at 9 30 item level strife if you could equate that but i'm at a oh, point yeah so i'm at a point now where where the way that i was getting gear the 9 10 item level Everything is at least nine ten, but because WoW has that that sort of random uh, what was it Titan forging? I think it's called yeah. Where when you get a piece of gear, there's a chance that a roll will happen that could upgrade at five levels. Then there's a chance another one could uh, up to a certain point. Sure. So even though everything I have is at least item level nine ten, I'm still going through and doing these world quests to get the currency to 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 buy this gear because when I open it, chance it could be better than what the nine ten actually is so it's 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 a it's something that's sort of keeping you going and it's this weird rng factor that i want to log on each day and be like can i get that that you know that upgrade because when it pops up item upgrade and you look and it's like a 950 like that's a good it's feeling. like a shiny right. pokemon it, yeah. is, it is it is it is the shiny pokemon feeling strike oh gone i'm sorry and i was gonna say like you know even in era let's say you were playing wow right yeah hypothetically right and you're doing your world quests you get up to where Kahlo is you start to cap out you know what i don't think world quests are that efficient anymore you're doing them for money but you're not really doing them for gear right what would happen at that point since you don't like raiding is you'd have a choice you want to go do battlegrounds with objectives you want to go do arena let's say you hate pvp you can still do dungeons 
okay, you want to hop into something quick? You can queue up for a daily heroic. It's kind of like an expert roulette in FF. It's quick and easy, no big deal. Oh, you want something challenging? Okay, go do a mythic dungeon. You can only do them once a week. Right. Wait, you beat the mythic dungeon? Here's a keystone. Go do it on level two. Okay, I guess I'll do that. And you just keep upgrading that keystone or getting together with your guildmates and friends and getting their keystones and doing these dungeons that get harder and harder. And every week, the affixes change. Every week, the RNG things that could happen to you change. So even if you don't like raiding, you can go do that. And the people who do like mm. raiding, when it's not a raid night, guess what? They have an activity to do with their raid friends. I think I think that one of the one of the things that you got to say that could clearly talk about between the two games is that there's there's this, the amount of content and like the differences in content between the games is fairly similar when you're talking about doing a dungeon or doing a raid or sure. doing a 24 man or playing PVP. Right. But the the reasons to want to do that are are vastly different between what you're explaining as World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy 14, and that's. Absolutely a huge difference in in what whether a player is going to continue to play it or not. Yeah. And in Final Fantasy 14, like I'll be very honest, like that's what you guys are talking about right now is the reason why I stopped playing Final Fantasy 14 daily. It's the reason why I stopped deciding to stream it full time was because I felt like I got to that point where I saw repeatable mechanics and raids and the, one of the main draws for me for Final Fantasy 14 was progression rating. And when it took me one week to beat an entire th- 6 months worth of raids because we only get new raids every four to six months. That was a big turnoff to me. Yeah. What am I going to continue to log in and do my dailies? Am I going to continue to play a broken ass PVP system that has robots and cheaters? Well, like Joe, you know, uh, you know, that, now that you, if you logged in, you could help fish people set up a far Eastern festival. Yeah. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> in my best cloud voice possible. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, 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 and I definitely think that that, that is like the, the, the stagnation in FF 14 is, I think it's biggest, it's biggest, drawback whether it's the stagnation in a certain uh you know in a in a certain uh event because all of the events are fairly compartmentalized from one another right uh or whether it's um you know oh I, i've kind of capped out and now i don't feel like there's anything for me to do to 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 log in every day uh, you know i think that those are both very negative sentiments and and can really kind of end up spe- spelling the death of your MMO and your player base, right? Yeah. So you know, I, I, it's I, and and I appreciate the people in the chat who are like, you know, oh well, you guys should do, you know, do the ultimate do, mode. Do, oh my yeah, god, like five right. people have done Absolutely. that, and I'm about yeah, to like yeah. flip my computer. And, and, and that's cool, man. Like I'll talk about uh, so I'll talk about ultimate because I was in a raid group that progressed through ultimate, and if you're talking about ultimate. You're still talking about a very small the same one piece thing of content. Every yeah, day. one it's yeah. one piece of content doing it over and over and over again until you complete it once. Yeah. And and then you've got your weapon and you never do it again. Exactly. Like you can, that that it's still it, and I'll be very honest, like that one piece of content frustrated my raid group to the point where I got kicked and was <laughs> was fucking disrespected to the point where I didn't want to raid with them anymore or raid at all in Final Fantasy because I wasn't good enough as a 99 percentile fucking Dragoon. And the entire raid static broke up because of that one piece of content. 
Uh, that's like that, that's that's that that is not constructive to the video game. No, it's that's not. Killing and, the and game. even but still, it, even if that is compelling content for someone, one small one piece of gear. extreme end game rage should yeah. not be the only compelling content. In a and game. one exactly. piece of gear shouldn't be the only piece of meat that they're dangling out for you to want to do it either. Absolutely. You know, it's, like it's, it's, th- this is this is the, I mean, I've, I've 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 made this suggestion. I don't know how many fucking times, but if you had a. A, uh, a set of gear that you know clearly outclassed everything it was better than the raid gear it was better than the current tome gear and that shit was rng'd into drop pools at very 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 low drop rates sprinkled between different events it would be enough to incentivize participation in a variety of activities in ff14 but yeah. no because because the Final Fantasy 14 dev team has to program every fight so that the uh, item level cap is taken into account and it can be done in a vacuum with their small dev team to be able to work out the mechanics, then it doesn't fit into their little box to put out for content. And that, I think, is extremely frustrating Absolutely. because at the core of it, that says bad dev design. It's 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 crazy because you can actually compare BDO and Final Fantasy on the two opposite ends of that spectrum with how little RNG Final Fantasy has in its progression and how way too much RNG BDO has in its progression. And it's like there is a happy medium. It sounds like WoW actually has a pretty good system where you just log in and if you if you play the normal stuff you normally play, there's a chance for you to get even better gear. And if you put you know more I mean? time into it, that chance increases. Yeah. yeah well, but and, and- Final Fantasy is way too scheduled, monotonous content. And it's just we can expect everything that's coming. I mean, I understand. I understand that basically what I'm describing is the Legion legendaries <laughs> yeah. strife, as you just pointed out in chat. But the thing is, is that that has been very compelling and has worked very well for World of Warcraft. And and to me, it just like I said, it's uh, it, to me, it speaks more to the ability for the dev team to develop compelling content mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, b- worries of balance or anything and, like that. And by the way, as success. Successful as the Legion legendaries are, Blizzard has looked at it and, and, you know, realized that there were some negative consequences that those had. And going into Battle for Azeroth, they're taking out all the negative stuff and taking what works, then re-putting it into a new system. But but that's that's exactly what Blizzard is doing that Final Fantasy seems very reluctant to do, is they're putting it out there and they're letting their community sit with it, deal with it, and figure it out, and then going, okay, how do we refine that? to a better system moving forward. You know, right. not everything is going to be perfect that even Blizzard yeah. does for World of Warcraft. The fact that they make mistakes and then subsequently learn, learn from their mistakes seems to be the thing that the FF14 dev team is fundamentally afraid to do. Well, it's, right. it's tough because I feel like Final Fantasy 14 dev team has gotten way too used to reacting to the community instead of creating content for the community. Absolutely. And that's that's, mm. that's a pro- I think that's a big problem, man. Because you when you get that. into this position of like, hey, is it too hard? Is it too soft? Let me make a decision. I, you keep telling me what you want to do, but I just can't seem to get it right. Yeah. Instead of them just saying, hey, so we're going to do this. Yeah. And you guys can play it or not. Let, and, that, you know, let, that, last point. That. Yeah, last point, Strife, and then we got to let you go. Sorry. On that point, Joe, you know, there was actually an excellent article written by one of the uh, WoW community managers a while back about how Blizzard can't always 
just cater to the community because you never know. And it's a vocal minority. And that's why it's yeah. so important for the community members to any dev team, Blizzard Square doesn't matter to give detailed feedback. Not that something's bad, not that something's good, but how something makes them feel and what the specific issue they're having is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the craziest part about MMOs is no matter what happens, when something changes, people are going to complain and it, that you can't change that no matter what. And there's a bell curve. There's a bell curve of people who aren't engaged. There's the bell curve of people who are unbelievably engaged, who've spent the money on the founders pack and have been playing every, every second of every blinking moment of every minute since the game's come out. You've got the 80 percent of casuals that just want to have fun in the middle of it. So the largest population of people that aren't interested or aren't engaged as much as the hardcore people that are playing it every day. So whose whose perspective are you going to take? If you take that small small percentage of top line 10% players, it's going to piss off 80% of the player base. If you take the 80%, you're going to you're gonna piss off the people that are the most probably most influential and vocal part of the game that are going to go out on Twitch and exactly. on forums on Reddit and bash your fucking game for blowing it up. Yes. You know? so you're yeah. damned if you do and damned if you don't. Well, but not only that, I, I mean, I think that FF14, you can even take that one step further where oh. where with Stormblood, it felt like they were at a point where they needed to switch their marketing tactic from uh, from getting new players into the game to retaining the player base that's already there. Uh-huh. And yeah. and it, it sort of felt like, you know, with all of the marketing around Stormblood, why does Square Enix value someone who hasn't been paying their bills for the better part of two years over someone who, like me, has been very dedicated and has never lapsed in his sub, uh, you know, looking for, looking for, you know, to want more out of the fucking game that I've been paying through the teeth for you know what I mean? Like, why? Why is someone who has never even shelled out the forty dollars for the fucking game more important than me? I don't understand that, and and I don't think that I ever got a good answer on that. And I hope that you know, as we move forward to five Square Enix starts to realize that that there's just a limited amount of people that you're going to be able to get into the door, and you're going to start seeing diminishing returns the more you start designing this game for even you know someone who is going to be coming to it fresh like there's got to be stuff for them to do now that you've built that fine it's there let them experience that when they start the game now move on and focus your development to the people who have been paying your sub yeah you, you, it's it's really it's one of the saddest parts of the mmo actual video game business yeah because the new the new user and the new customer is a they're always going to want to market to them more than the fan already. Because yeah. if you're a fan already, doesn't matter whether I like it or I don't, I'm probably going to be interested in it when new shit comes out. Like still playing it. Yeah. I'm still going to play it, dude. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, I will not stop paying for final fantasy 14, even though I'm not playing it. Like I'm, I will always pay for myself. It's on active renewal. It's never <laughs> go down. still paying for FF 11. Yeah. yeah dude, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm a fan and that's a, it's a crazy thing. It's on It's legitimately insane for me to say that out loud and think about it for like right now, because like I, I, they, I'm already a fan of the game. I love it so much. It made it such an impact on my life that I can't say I'm not ever going to stop playing it. But like, I, I might not play it as much is what I'm, is what yeah. I'm saying. But at I don't, the, yeah, I, I, at, I really, at the same time, but like really at the same just, time, they're getting your subs. So do they care that you don't log on? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That that's, Oh man, that's the, that's the shrewd business point of it. So I really think that it would be, it'd be really interesting to see if Square Enix has had the foresight into that, um, the way that players are playing their game now to see if 5.0 
actually is uh, going to introduce uh, content that is in reaction to that or whether they're just going to see more of this. We're going to see more of the same. I, I project more of the same, but uh, I I'm, I'm uh, at, at, at my core. I'm a cynic. Let's talk about combat here for a second, because Nika, we forced you to play Terra. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was hoping we'd get through an episode and we wouldn't need her to say anything about it. I was thinking oh. about it. I was yeah. thinking about it. No, 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 no. But uh, but Nika, we uh, forced you at gunpoint to play Terra. Uh, kicking and screaming the entire well, time. Not that much. I'm kidding. I'm clear up some space on my computer. I, so, I heard that boobs were a big aspect of that. Yeah. Game. So I understand. Oh my god, they are. So, so <laughs> I am a gorgeous girl with big cans. The only thing here's the only thing that I know about Terra is that they seem to have programmed a lot in terms of jiggle physics, but I don't know anything yeah, else about it. Yeah, the jiggle physics it. are wrong. So like every single one, <laughs> every single female outfit, even if it's like hard leather, like a hard armor has open front cleavage with even though hard armored cups will jiggle it doesn't nice. make sense but i'm fine I mean, <laughs> this sounds awesome like there's not a single female outfit even the starter gear that doesn't have boobs like it's it's very like it's very pretty design it's just very weird okay like, so so <laughs> we we asked you to compare the terra's battle system to ff-14s it is the what a hundred percent opposite. So I've only gotten let's see, I played it yesterday for like probably like ten hours, and I got uh, to level twenty nine, I think. Um, and from what I can see, there's a the, the the battle system is very actiony, but it's also very streamlined at the same time. So there's some good things about it, and there's some bad things about it. Almost every move combos off of the previous move, and when that happens, it just pops up, and you can just mash spacebar the entire time, mm. and not actually have to press that's, the buttons. That's intelligent. Um, there, well, there are, and yeah. I mean, I think as you get higher level, Kappa. <laughs> I think as you, I think Jesus. as you get higher level and you get um, more abilities, they're less likely to do that. But like oh. you can hit, like you know, I mean, ever fourteen has it's one two three one two three one two three, and then it's yeah. off, and then it's off global cooldowns. Um, Terra doesn't have a, a global cooldown. You're just mashing like the the left click is attack and right click is evade, and uh, the the other moves are all on their own cooldowns. However, using other moves resets other moves cooldowns. So essentially, even though some of them have cooldowns, is once you get enough moves, they're all resetting each other and you're almost always using something. Sounds um, interesting. It is pretty cool, but then the ones that all combine off of each other are like, oh, you can use this now, press spacebar, press spacebar. And I can do like eight moves in a row just pressing spacebar. <laughs> so it's kind of lame in that aspect, but then there are a few moves like my dash forward or my like explosive ones that don't use that. So I actually have to like reach up and press my macro keys, which is kind of awkward sometimes considering the mouse is the camera. So I can't click on any of them. So I have to like let go of my movement, which is very important in Terra because you actually have to dodge. Um, and there's very there are AOE grounds when things are casting like ground spells like we have in 14 mm. but like if something's about to smash you down with your hand you have to hit your right click evade and like evade around it which is pretty cool um, so I think it's it's much more hectic of a battle system because you can fight like I can take on 20 mobs my level at once and kill them um, it's almost everything very fun. almost very Almost, satisfying. <laughs> it, it, it is actually. Um, even though the the battle system hasn't gotten super complex at level twenty nine, I feel like um, I'm constantly able to accomplish things mm -hmm. and almost every single move I do is AOE. Almost every single one will hit everything around me. Sometimes that's awesome, sometimes not so awesome when I hit something that's a little bit higher level. Um, in terms of doing the the quests, it's interesting because all of the MSQ quests are streamlined into the overworld, which seems cool but then they either respawn or don't respawn at really stupid 
like level. So it's like I'm out, I'm doing this boss. There's a boss here. I have to go into this beastman encampment. I see the boss. I kill him. He respawns in two seconds and aggro's me again. Yeah, you know, I, I did notice <laughs> I, I, I did notice some of that quick respawn problem with ESO. Um and and, and I go back to the NPC and they're like, Oh, you killed him. I'll think yeah, I killed him like four times. Right. Because <laughs> he wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> which which one did you count? But I mean, like, you know, in terms of ESO, I think that the that their battle system may be one of the things that kind of kind of holds holds them back a little bit. I was yeah. not as impressed with the battle system. Here, I'm gonna do a quick impression of the battle system right here. Zet this is you're gonna be doing this a lot. Just clicking, just click to yeah. attack I mean, a lot. Here it feels like a lot of clicking, but at the higher level, every single level I go, you have to actually buy your abilities. I mean, and at first, gold seems really, really hard, but once you've done like one dungeon, you've got just like superfluous amounts of gold. Remember when you had to do that in WoW, and then they're um, like, that's really <laughs> dumb. Who wants to buy their abilities? But, like, so I bought, <laughs> but, you can, but the thing is, it's like you can buy them from like an ability vendor, but you can also just yep. open your ability menu and buy all of them. So, like, it's, oh, that's it's, just I pointless feel like then. <laughs> it's a, there's a lot of pointless stuff in it. Um, Playing through it as a low player, I really there's a lot of things in Terra that FF14 has done ten thousand times better. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like inventory management. Yeah. For God's sake, like everything is in your inventory and you have to expand your inventory and equipping gear is so frustrating. Although every single time you mouse over a gear, it has your current equipped piece so you can compare and sell things way easier. That's nice. But like having an armory chest versus an inventory is like the best thing Fortune could have ever done for yeah. management. Like that's amazing. Like there's no level sync in Terra. So the thing about dungeons is that you can actually out level the dungeon queues. So like what I do really like about Terra's dungeons is that there are actually overworld quests that require you to go in the dungeon and do them. Um, some of them are like, just kill a mob you're going to kill anyway. Some of yeah. them are like, go over to these boxes and explode them. And if you're not actually doing that, you can ignore that quest completely if you don't have it on your quest log or you can go and do it. And I thought that was kind of cool because it kept giving me a reason to queue back into the dungeon. Okay. Um, and, and so, and then it was like, oh, go in there and talk to this NBC at the beginning of the dungeon that I didn't talk to the last time I went through, you know, like little things like that, that then I can come out and do an overall quest and get some more XP because of it. I thought that was really cool. However, I then decided to progress through the story. I gained a lot of levels. I went to go queue back up for the dungeon and it's no longer there. Huh. And so I, ha- I Googled it and I realized you can out level the dungeon queues. And now I have to either find a party outside and walk into the dungeon myself or get high enough level to do it solo, <laughs> which kind of sucks because now those quests are just sitting there not getting done. So I, I think I, I think the point that we're kind of driving at is that in terms of the combat, actually, FF14 really holds up uh, versus other games. And I actually uh. think as I as I play more MMOs and kind of branch out that I find myself every time I return to FF14, the battle system is the thing that that is um. kind of the standout. It's good, um, but I do know that, like, I mean, Strife was always complaining when going back and forth between WoW and 14 that WoW has a much shorter global cooldown, so it feels like more action-based, even though it does have a global cooldown. Sure. Whereas 14 has, like, a 2.5, 3-second global cooldown. It does give it that slower feel. We're coming from things like 11, where, like, they, you literally oh stand there, you literally <laughs> stand there and swing now. until yeah. you get 100 yeah. TP yeah. and then hit one button. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, this seems extremely fast compared to that. But then playing um, Terra, I'm not sure how raids and higher level things will get getting higher but i know that a lot of it was just kind of like tank and spank throw yourself at it the dungeons were actually five people like a tank healer and three dps Mm -hmm. and you just kind of throw yourself at the boss and just kind of flip dodge flip dodge flip dodge um just to kind of get around all the mechanics i don't know if the mechanics get much harder than that in other dungeons um I do know the one thing I did like about the dungeon queues, though, is that if you're queuing for like five minutes and you haven't got a queue, a little thing will pop up that's like, we're having a hard time finding the ideal uh, 
class setup. Would you still like to continue this queue anyway with maybe a less so ideal class setup? Mm-hmm. You can click yes mm-hmm. or no. And then you go in and you might not have the right classes or whatever. But when you die, you can pay gold to just revive yourself. So it's like, hmm. interesting. It, it, it works. I mean, at the beginning, it, it sucks because it's like three big gold pieces, which I was like, I don't have that. But eventually you get that and it's not no big deal. Let's so go. We were able to do an entire dungeon without a healer. Gotcha. Well, interesting. Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Mooney Xanadu of Coral, who wants to talk about uh, FF14's combat system. Mooney, thanks for calling us here on Limit Break Radio. How's it going, guys? It's a uh, first time calling, long time listener. How's it going? Um, I just want to talk about, yeah, the combat. And um, I just heard you say, uh, Nero, that you, you feel that the FF14 combat is actually what draws you into the game. And I, I strongly disagree with, with that. I feel like the combat to FF14 in Stormblood is this this lacking compared to what it used to be, and that used to be like the the thing that draw a lot of people into the game. I, f- I feel is the combat. Um, so do you th- do you think that that was primarily between this change between Heaven's Word and Stormblood that that happened, or do you think that you know just like when you play other MMOs, you have a better experience with combat when you play them? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm been playing a lot of Overwatch Overwatch lately. And okay, I feel like <laughs> like 14 is there. Like that was the gimmick a little bit. Like the synergy between you know roles and everything like that. Like that was the draw in for for a lot of players and stuff. And definitely now in Stormblood, it's like they they kind of took that away. Some of that draw. I mean, like with warriors, they could like the rotation is just like you could just do anything now. Yeah, red mages and is and is. I mean, it's it's like they're they're trying to like halfway like kind of be like Terra in a way where like you could because I've been playing Terra as well lately. I'm a level sixty warrior, and you could really do anything in that game and just feel like a badass in a way. But like yeah, at you the can. same time, <laughs> yeah, take on twenty mobs at once and just explode them with one big giant charge. It's pretty. It's pretty satisfying. Right. It's 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 amazing. But at the same time, like it's like. You could do everything in the game, so it's it's kind of like it's kind of brain dead in a way. Like you don't really have to work with other players while in terror, like going through a dungeon. Like you're just you're just hitting buttons. Oh, yeah, you don't really even need tanks and stuff around the bosses. <laughs> you just like you can just run for it, aggro everything, mm-hmm. and blow it all up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really know if I can agree with you with the, the battle system getting worse over the course of the years from Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh. Like things have become easier for classes and mm-hmm. the synergy is really nice to see. Uh, I just think that if you are going to, if you're going to talk about final fantasy within final fantasy and it's evolution, I don't know if that's true, but if you're talking about final fantasy compared to other video games, I think you have a, uh, I think I understand where you're coming from, but like final fantasy 14, the thing about its battle system is it does become monotonous. Once you yes. figure it out, you figure out your right. rotation and you just apply your rotation, rotation. And it's on the, any target and it's the same the, all the, the time cons- yeah the thing you have to consider with final fantasy is that when you're when you're trying to take it to the next level of uh content you're not just doing your rotation you're doing your rotation and trying to maintain uptime while working in syner- uh, synergistically with seven other people right and dodge mechanics 
on top of that and, and learn the dance on top of that. And, and, and you know, the thing that I think is, is really interesting is that a lot of MMOs, those types of like job adjustments, class adjustments, or uh, battle adjustments will happen mid expansion. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, you know, just a patch is enough to change things. And obviously Square Enix does do some adjusting during the patch cycle. Uh, you know, if you're a warrior uh, or, or, or you know, Dark Knight's head potency <laughs> adjustment, stuff like that. But in terms of like a major job adjustment, those things are really reserved for, uh, you know, for an expansion. Yeah, for an expansion. And then it seems like it's not just like one or two jobs that gets an overhaul. It's every job. And and I don't think that every job necessarily needed that uh, that overhaul. Right. Like, I think that there were some jobs that were operating just fine in Heaven's Word that they changed between Heaven's Word and Stormblood and made them a bit less fun where they didn't need to change them at all you know the, the, there was a moment that i had uh, uh last night in world of warcraft and, and do you guys remember in uh 14 when some raid group some some ninjas found out that there was actually a better way to do the rotation to get out more damage and square enix subsequently patched that out so that everyone was stuck back into the same rotation that they determined you know was was the ninja rotation right sure, yeah okay so uh, i was about to get a new legendary last night that uh would have completely changed the 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 way that my rotation worked by including uh, uh an ability that normally you wouldn't use because it puts a frost effect on something which slows it so great for pvp but not really useful in pve but had i got this new legendary every time i apply ice fire or nature i now do like 4.5 percent more overall damage so you would then have to work that in by doing that two different talents that normally wouldn't have been as useful are now more useful and would have dramatically changed the way that I do my rotation. On top of that, when you get to certain stat thresholds, like uh, uh, I recall back when I used to be a shadow priest, more haste meant that your dots would tick more quickly, right? Which means at first you'd have to start putting on more dots and eventually they changed it to where you just had more ticks within a spell. But the idea that as your gear gets better, not even counting when a piece of gear gives you a special effect that just changes the way that an actual move works, but just by getting more stats you have different ways that you can do your rotation that makes you uh, more uh, uh, efficient at what you do it's way more dynamic it's way more yeah. dynamic and you actually start to see in how much damage people put out their actual skill yeah i think is so much more compelling than what uh, some jobs not all but what some jobs in ff14 have but there and, and but again with ff14 there is a singular path that you're on That's right yeah whether it's yeah. whether it's gear whether it's job progression i mean it's just it's a singular path to get to the next uh ability and, and, or the next thing you know yep i agree it's another repetition of the safety that they apply into the game itself yes. they say we're not gonna get, give you guys different options we're not gonna let you go for different weapons we're not gonna let you go for different rotations we're just gonna lump battle into this one yeah. safe zone we, yeah. we need to know what you're doing so we can control it and nothing breaks yeah yeah it's like as if 14's battle system was like pizza right it's like a dough yeah, yeah. but then like wow has like sauce or talents and then they also throw cheese on there which is legendaries and then you also have different abilities within the legendaries and that's all your toppings it's like wow has like the full complete meal versus final fantasy 14 just has a good base but you know, we want more than that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and and again, it seems so rife to be able to make something bigger than what it is. Right. Like, it seems like, 
you know, like you've got all of the elements, right? Like you've got all of the ingredients sitting in front of you. Why are you continually remaking the dough? Right? Like, it's like because the, because they don't they don't business wise they don't want to. That's why it's because they're it, bakers because they're and, they're afraid and they're they are, they what are, if someone doesn't like they, that. They don't pizza? have to make the risk. That's yeah. the toughest part about it. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you'll see it in tons of games. Like they don't have to go out of their way to try to reinvent an MMO when they're making just enough of the slice of the pie that they're making right now. You know, uh, it's too bad because this could be the best MMO on the planet uh, right now. If, if they had a completely redesigned, uh, like a legitimately over uh, overhauled PVP, like if they took over, if they redesigned everything from PVP and took out, I don't even know what I could say about PVP, <laughs> but like if, if they were to just redesign PVP, I, they could probably double in population. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Mooney, thanks for the call. We appreciate having you on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Later. Yep. Have a good one. Uh, if you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We've got one more caller hanging on the line before we uh, before we take off here. But, Joe, I wanted to give you uh, an opportunity to talk about, you know, what you've learned through specifically BDO, because I know that that's where you've been spending a lot of time recently. And and, you know, what you think FF14 could learn from uh, from the course of what BDO has been doing hell yeah man so i uh one of the it's just like really cool because i i've been i've really enjoyed my journey into black desert online over the last 11 months i uh just to give anybody a little bit of preface like like of where I, where i was when i wanted to start playing different games uh over the last two years i played five different mmos elder scrolls online star wars bdo arc age and final fantasy 14 and for me like i've been trying to find and experience a lot more games than just final fantasy because I felt like for the first like four years of my MMO playing, I boxed myself in and I talked so much shit about WoW. I talked so much shit about ESO. I talked so much shit about these other games. I was like, Final Fantasy is the only game to play. And I, I, I had such a closed minded perspective. And the second I started playing other games, it opened up to uh, like the actual reality of what games are out there and what other games uh, can offer you. So we started off the conversation before the show started about like how brilliant it is when you play a different MMO to see what you like about like what I enjoy about final fantasy and what I don't like about final fantasy by playing another game that I like, or I don't like, but specifically by playing a game that I don't like, I learned what I do like about final fantasy 14. Well, I was talking about blessed when we said that, but anyway, (laughs) Uh, BDO is a really, it's a, such a different MMO compared to final fantasy 14. It's almost, I talk about it and I compare it to, I, I talk about it as the antithesis of final fantasy 14 and, You've got this uh, theme park, story-driven, linear MMO. In the opposite is Black Desert, where you've got literally no story. Oh, PVE with mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XIV as well. Literally no story, like no emphasis on the storyline whatsoever. You get rewards for it, but uh, there's no one, like literally said no one ever. I can't wait to find out what happens in the Black Desert Online story <laughs> mode. Like no one cares about that uh, story at all. So it's and, like generic final, uh, like a generic fantasy quest, uh, questing, right? Yeah, like there's a king a hero, somewhere and you're helping him and whatever. <laughs> yeah. Who all right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I got it. Okay. Know, that's how, that's kind of how I felt about Guild Wars 
Force 2 to me when I was playing through the storyline. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's a king and there's some places. It's a city and I'm a here now. This like, pl- great. This plant guy's my friend, I guess. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Does that guy look like a lion? Why? That eh, doesn't really matter. Who cares? We're never going to get an answer on that. So let's just keep moving. I got to get this jump puzzle good. done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The jump puzzles just, were super fun, though. The no, they weren't. <laughs> I hated <laughs> that. <laughs> But yeah, in uh, Black Desert Online, like the thing that drew me in first was the combat, was looking at how beautifully engaging the X amount of different classes were just watching them and like how like the animations, the um, uh, the way that the moves like carried me one way, like the buffs that I got for using certain moves. And it's it's tough to compare tab target to action combat because once you touch action combat, you're like, wow, like I'm actually. Oh yeah, Terra doesn't have tab targeting either. Yeah, tab targeting is rough. You're very restricted when you like. I thought it was great for four years, and then I put my hands on BDO, and I was like, wow, this feels amazing, dude. Like combo system feels really good. Uh, the classes are fluid and really unique, and for like eight months of playing that game, uh, the the system was one way. So, I mean, long story short, BDO understands from a business perspective why people are playing and like what it is and they don't they honestly don't give a damn about pve content like they don't care that you want to run a dungeon together with your friends at the end of the day they realize you're playing so you might as well just kill mobs of the open world if you're killing mobs in dungeon that's an interesting concept because people do usually crave for that pve but Mm. what are you really doing when you're doing a dungeon like i'm doing a dungeon i'm playing the game for a reward it's the same thing that you get when you're grinding so, like, uh, you can get monotonous doing dungeons all over and over and over again, or you can get monotonous grinding in the open world. It is what it is. It's the same means to an end to, gr- to gear up and progress. So there's a lot of, uh, a huge heavy focus on PvP in Black Desert Online, and I, 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 I didn't get as involved into the PvP. Like, I, wa- I wanted to play it for PvP, but I didn't get as deep into the PvP system until um, I started really gearing up, and that's probably, again, one of the biggest detriments that the game has. Like, one of the biggest, like, pushbacks that you have to play the game for like two to 3000 hours to even get to a point where you can compete with some of the players that have been playing oh, the game. Oh man. What? Yeah. So it's, it's hard dude. Like, you, like imagine, imagine there were no catch up mechanics in final fantasy 14 and you could go fight somebody with 360, 370 gear score against a level 30 that just got <laughs> fucking out of brave flocks. You know what I mean? Like that's the way that BDO is. It's very, okay. I'd, so, love, so, I'd, I'd love to so, PVP challenge people coming out of brave flocks. Like give me oh, that yeah. cheese. You piece you of shit. It, dude. So, so, so what that kind of reminds me of is sort of, uh, uh, the, the, the way that Eve, you know, has, has a smaller player base, right. But they're all so into it because it takes yeah. such a, such a big commitment to get to the point that they are. I mean, at that yeah. point, you're not going to go and fuck off and play some other game. Exactly. It's the building up the uh, uh, it's the commitment and the obligation. So they they know like the guys that make that game, they know that the more money and the more time you spend on the game, the more you're not going to want to go somewhere else. And an era, we actually had this exact conversation with um, uh, with the relic, with the relic weapon when they when they nerfed the relic weapon quest, because why why should a new player spend 10 hours getting a weapon that took me 40 Right. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's like basically the entire game of Black Desert Online when it comes to gearing. Um, you you go and you you spend like I spent I spent nine months getting to what's called soft cap in that game, which wow. is basically which is basically like end game gear. But you don't have to go further than that ever. And then there's players that have been playing since the beginning that um, 
go beyond and they're like unbelievably strong like they're gods in the game it's un- it's unreal how fucking strong you can get in that game past soft cap but um like the progression's different you get one chest piece one head one head piece one glove one boot uh you get your main hand weapon your awakening weapon and your sub weapon all boss gear and then you get your accessories which is two rings two earrings a necklace and a belt and you go for specific sets like so you go for that one meta uh if you want for damage and then you can literally go for a, attack or defense or you can go for accuracy or evasion and like just those types of little swaps you can make like i could swap one piece of gear and be like way tankier hmm. um or like two pieces of gear and be like unbelievably tanky and there's different sets of gear i can use for different situations so i actually coined the phrase like i don't know if it's i i said came up with it but like i started using the phrase best in situation as best instead of best in slot oh okay because yeah that, I makes, to, that makes sense yeah I wanted to, I wanted, like, if there was one, somebody who was going to 1v1 me in the wild and I had some, like, important uh, items on me and I didn't want to die, I put all my defensive gear on and you, I couldn't be killed. Like, I just could not be freaking killed. If I wanted to blow up somebody 1v1, if somebody was grinding in my uh, rotation, I wanted to kill them because you can flag up on anybody in the open world anywhere you want in that game. I put on all my att- offensive gear and I go and I kill them and that's, you just move on. Well, I mean, I mean, kind of interesting to that point, I think that the way that Square Enix ended up nerfing the relic grind is kind of emblematic of the way that they, you know, kind of move on from their older content and yeah. and just kind of let it languish. You know, um, the it, I, I always thought that, you know, the way that once, uh, you know, once I level has moved on from uh, a certain dungeon or, you know, a certain portion of the game that that Square Enix seems very either unwilling or uninterested in going back and, and revisiting or trying to re-incentivize participation in in those areas of the game. And and I think that's why, you know, everything feels so disposable in FF14. Uh, it's a. Uh it's it's i feel like it's a lack of replayability where you do it once and then why yeah why yeah you know like what what, there is no reason outside of like helping somebody else and i think that that is one of the coolest draws in final fantasy 14 that no one can really argue as is probably one of the best things about the game is that the current player base and current players are so helpful and wants to help players who have not been through it before you know like a lot of other games that people like can literally shit on newcomers and newbies back in 2.0 i'd say yes but now that we've seen the way that everything gets recycled and gets easier why help someone do something really really strong just wait a couple months and then just do it yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's true uh, but i can speak to the fact that i've had to pug people almost every single week for yeah. raids and, and the thing is, is that people will join who have cleared it before and just to help like yeah. and I, i've asked people too i'm like why why are you doing this you've cleared for the week like you don't know any of us are like i just really like this game and i like helping people there's nothing wow. else to do they're wow. brain dead <laughs> the, the, the 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 biggest differences between the two i would say in terms of gear progression is that no matter what if you just keep doing the things that you're supposed to be doing in final fantasy you'll eventually get the best gear the highest gear level right which means like you can literally have no understanding and get carried through the majority of the content and you can become an eye level 360 x class and you'll just get all the stuff without doing any rating and in black desert online you literally have to 
earn through blood, sweat, and tears every single piece of gear that you get or be unbelievably lucky. And I like that a lot. I like that there's such a difference between Final Fantasy and Black Desert Online. Hmm. It's, it is like night and day. And a lot of people that uh, do like that participation trophy hand holding through the story like type gameplay. Like, and I do enjoy it as well. Like, I'm oh, not trying to like, well, there's a, there's it, a right? lot of those here in FF 14. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. It, it happens. Like, I'm not trying to bash against that, but it's, it is very interesting playing the exact opposite where you have to literally go out and work and figure it out. And there are very unreliable internet sources for all the information. Like you either have to find somebody who just did it because the, the game's changed over the last two years, or you're not going to be able to figure out or get accurate information. It's really interesting, man. The game is huge. Uh, there's tons of stuff to do. Like the, the life skilling and the, the, the non-active gameplay is very involved where you like actually get a worker that you can go out and send to do a task who can specifically mine a resource that you can process or use another worker to make something even more. So like if I'm at work, I can have like a, hundreds of millions of silver of an income when I come back to the game, uh, all just from setting up an AFK worker empire, which is like really attractive to a lot of people that play and have full-time jobs because they can still accommodate uh, uh, they can still create an income for themselves when they're not at, at directly at their computer which is what I think Square Enix attempted to do with the retainer ventures but yeah, yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> it's not really the same at all which is crazy it's yeah. just like a one one little item and you don't get anything worth it from that so like o- overall it, it, the biggest differences I've seen between the two games is like the f- hard focus in PvP and like th- the limitless progression is something that is really fun to because like you know me like i have a shit ton of time to be able to grind and i'm like one of the most leveled monks or part of me i'm final fantasy i'm one of the most leveled strikers in the world in north america now because i've put 11 months of grinding into the game but you also have to say like there is not much to the gameplay loop in black desert online outside of grinding for gains blowing up your gains and then fighting someone else and that's like the essence of the game and that becomes very very it becomes a very small amount of content if you've been playing that gameplay loop for two years. Right. And you know, like final fantasy 14 is similar where you do your dailies, you do your raid and you, uh, you, you get pissed off at PVP, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you life skill and you log out, you know, it's no matter what, at some point, I think that any intelligent person is going to go, man, this is getting boring. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's the, that's the downfall of almost any MMO right now. That is true. That is true. Monotony is is a big uh, a, a big challenge for uh, MMO designers. Let's take our last call. Crimson Tinted from Gilgamesh is hanging on the line. Crimson, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you been? Long time no speak. Hey, thanks for what's calling up? Limit Break Radio. What's up, Crimson? Yo, what's up, Joe? It's anyway, good, so what I wanted to talk about... Uh, Sort of an overall impression I've been getting after about a year or so of feeling bored with 14 and, and looking towards other MMOs to fill needs and gaps that, you know, are created by 14 for me, right? And I, I, I look around and, you know, I, I listen, you know, I listen to y'all, y'all's discussion and, you know, you know, I go on Reddit, God help me, and, you know, look at, you know, people bantering back and forth about their, you know, what they like better about MMOA or MMOB. Right. And mind you, I've been playing MMOs since Euro, you know, Ultima Online day one. Okay. I've seen the Golden Age come and go. I've seen the different kinds of players that have showed up. I've watched the people that have, you know, made these games figure out different ways to monetize their MMOs. Mm-hmm. And, 
I guess what worries me the most is that it feels like as an MMO player that I have less of a voice in or less of a less of a ability to influence the makers of these games to actually implement the changes that people are discussing mm-hmm. than ever before. And I, I do wonder, as you know, as as MMO communities, as we continue these discussions, uh, for lack of better verbiage, uh, what's the point? Like, the, the, you know, Square Enix has started to, you know, as an example of fourteen, lock up a revenue stream with the cash shop, where they got a bunch Absolutely. of people that showed up at Stormblood, sure, you know, buying hundreds of dollars of cash shop items, and then you know, like, like you said before, and they were like, "Why does my subscription matter less than that guy?" Right? But right. honestly, he, he's made Squeenix more money. So, I guess my my main question to everybody here is, what can we do as a community, as a player base? What can you know, you folks do as as you know, folks with an audience on the stage, right? What can we do to actually? influence these publishers to start implementing some of these changes or are we just going to be stuck as a player base essentially mmo hopping you know to the end of time uh, uh crimson thank you very much for the call we really appreciate it as as always uh it's it's great to hear from you um but i actually think that this is a really great point to kind of end the discussion on here it is is, is it like really is. what what do you what what are we what do we do as fans of mmos are we sort of entrenched in in our separate camps and i mean because now you know every company has an mmo or is developing an mmo there's so much choice when it comes to the world that you want to adventure in and you know very few people are like dedicated like i only play mmos like you know what i mean like there are people who i think most the majority of gamers have an mmo that they play and then they have other video games that they also play Mm -hmm. and I, i i think you know when it comes to do developers even need to listen to their player base I think that we're probably in an era where no, they don't. And it makes me sad to say that, right? Well, like, I, I think it will I think it'll probably depend on like a company to company basis. As, well, because as it's Joe sort of was, like it's sort of like if you don't like it, go play WoW. Well, yeah, you know what I, yeah. mean? Like, I mean? Like you can you can take that that approach. Right. World of Warcraft changes it it's it's it, it's content and whatnot to to sort of serve, I think, the player base. But as Joe was saying with Black Desert Online, they know what they're about and they know what their players want. So is Black Desert probably ever going to change? Well, no, it's not. Well, it's a little bit different because, like, I, I gotta like right now they're they're doing that with they say they know what they want and they're actually destroying the population of the current player base, which is like for a long time they've done well. I think making a good game, but like very recently it, it comes into a, a very tough. Like I, I hate to interject because it's like off topic, but like in the last two months they've destroyed the active player base of the game hmm. so much to like, it's either, it's either because they're trying to scale it or they're going to undo it or they're trying to, uh, literally sell send the game to console because like i know at e3 you guys should be checking this out they're going to be demoing the console version of bdo oh, okay. on xbox so like they're trying to dumb the game down for console players and then uh, it's just going to become another nice. terror uh, which yeah. is it is what it is but like it, it's I, I just had to say that about bdo like i don't want you guys to think i'm saying like the bdo community knows what the fuck they're doing in, in terms of like the the development okay team fair enough give their, fair enough give their game yeah. yeah and and you know when it comes to being receptive to feedback you know I, it, 
I mean, you just look at the FF14 community that, you know, for I mean, I mean, for as, as, as great as we think our suggestions probably are, there are probably and I would I would hazard to guess that there are a variety of answers that Square Enix would give as to why that's not possible or that would go would be counter to their game design, why it would do more damage in the long run than it would to to do it the way that they're doing right like. Um, I, you know, I, I think that it's, it's, listen, making an MMO is tough. You're not yeah. going to, you're not going to satisfy a hundred percent of your audience. You can't, you'll never be able to do that. And there's, a, there's frankly a lot of voices in the FF 14 community that have very strong opinions about the direction that they want the content to go. So I think what I would say is like, you know, yes, while I do have a platform, I don't know that that makes my opinions any more valid than Absolutely. any of your guys's, right? Like yeah. the official forums, you know, like it's a democracy, right? Like they're not making the game for me, just like they're not making the game for you. They're making it for the what they think is their ideal audience or the widest possible audience from a business standpoint. They kind of have to do that. And I'm willing to give them that wiggle room. I'm willing to give them that that that, you know, that uh, benefit of the doubt. And and, you know, like I understand that there are very practical reasons, but behind the decisions that they make. But, you know, that doesn't preclude me from offering my opinion on it either. So, yeah. you know, when it comes to, you know, what can what can we do to make a, to make them listen to us? I, you know, just keep talking like never shut up. That's what I think the, the answer is, is even if you feel disheartened, we are never shutting up. Just don't <laughs> just don't stop providing feedback and criticism, because even if it's wrong, even if it's off base, it's out there for the creator to 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 listen to and judge and decide whether or not that's a good idea for them. And that's, I think, the best that we can hope for. I, I, it's. Well said, man. I agree. I agree on a lot of the points. I think number one, like, thank you, Crimson, for asking this question, dude, because it is it's such a brilliant question right now in 2018 to say, like, what do you do as an MMO fan? Like, what is the right thing to do? And I think if I was going to try to answer that question, in my personal opinion, um, you got to kind of take a step back from MMOs and actually ask yourself, like, why am I playing video games? And for me, that answer is for fun. So if I was going to make any type of encouragement or give my opinion on the answering that question, to be very honest, it doesn't matter what game you're playing. It doesn't matter when you're playing it. What matters more than anything else is who you're playing that game with and whether you're having fun. Like you might not like star Wars, the old Republic. You might not like elder scrolls. You might be a fan of Wildstar, and that might not be the popular opinion, but if you find yourself having fun in that game, it doesn't really matter what anybody else says on a forum, what anybody else says on Reddit. If you find yourself having fun with the people that are surrounding you in that video game, continue to have fun, Yeah. but be very aware of where you decide to give you who and where you decide to spend your money. Because when you do decide to spend your money, you are making an investment into that video game. Yeah. Or into that community, and that's what's going to—that's what's going to make the biggest difference in the long run of whether that game survives or not. The only thing you can do again is talk about it on a forum, um, and decide to invest your money in it. Like I would love to 
be able to say a tiny bit about like bless online right now where everybody in the freaking world thinks that that's going to be a game that's going to be a game it's going to be a game changing game it's new wow killer blah 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 and it's it's just it's simply a game that came out in 2011 that's unbelievably overhyped and uh it brings nothing new to the system and everyone who's playing that game who spent 150 bucks is dramatically defending their ego and defending their money and hard investment defending their their thought process i thought if this game fails then i'm an idiot and you might be but at the same time that doesn't take away from the fact that you you might be able to have fun playing blessed with your friends right because that's what's more important is you can go into that game and create your own community and have fun like i might go play wow i might go play final fantasy 11 for for fun and that doesn't mean I'm not going to have fun. Right. So you got to be very aware when when you go out and say, "Hey, is this game worth my money? Is this game worth my time? Um, can I have fun playing it?" It's different from like you, 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 when when games used to come out, you never were able to even talk to a developer. Like there was no communication. There was literally no way for a developer to even hear your voice. So again, with the systems like Reddit and YouTube and Twitch, like people do get a chance to have their voices heard in some capacity. So mm-hmm. like getting it, like, that's why I love LBR is no matter what you all hear. I'm going to hear what you guys have to say, dude. <laughs> right. I'm going to hear what you guys have to say at the end of the day. And and the thing is, you know, like we on the show know that we have, uh, you know, uh, a specific set of opinions, which is why we open up our call line, you know, to I, I understand like saying like, dude, just go start a podcast about it. That's what you got to do to fix a game. Just put your opinions out there. We did that. We've done that. We've done this podcast for now four fucking years and square enix has never taken an iota of of uh you know suggestions that we've put out there uh that's not true but male bunny suit but <laughs> you're welcome but the thing is is that that doesn't preclude us from putting those opinions out there because we do see the ripple effect of talking and having these discussions with the community because there is you know like for as much as people want to bash on the ff14 community and how you know whiny we can be at the same time there is a a strong contingent of players out there who want you know who want a more compelling game and aren't afraid to offer their opinions about how to get there and you know that i think is 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 an interesting conversation and why we continue to do this show and i think this entire conversation today has been fascinating by the way thank you very much crimson tinted for that uh, call we appreciate it and we appreciate all of our callers here on limit break radio limit break radio is not just an opportunity for us to voice our opinions about this game it's an opportunity for you to voice your opinions about it as well and we hope that you guys take that opportunity to make your voice heard because we do know that square enix does listen to the show it is someone's job that they have to listen to the show i think (laughs) so you know make square enix do their job because we can't make them you know develop compelling content that we want we can make them listen to uh to to your opinions on a podcast so uh make sure that you uh that you take the opportunities that you are presented with to make your opinion heard whether it's on your own twitch stream whether it's on a show like this whether it's on a forum and i think that joe's suggestion of voting with your feet knowing the power of your dollar and knowing exactly the worth that that brings uh, you know to a game like ff14 that has a subscription model everyone who pays that subscription even though they're not compelled with the content sends a very confusing message 
message to Square Enix and makes them think that they can get away with not trying as hard with their content development. That, I think, is the answer to that at the end of the day. Exactly, man. It's like it's it's so crazy as a streamer to say like, hey, man, I don't want to play the new hype, fancy, flashy, light up video game because everybody's going to play it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like I have the decision to decide to promote a game or decide to play a game and show other people that it's worth playing by broadcasting it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's crazy if you look at different video games followings and different video games communities on twitch you can see somewhat of how healthy the community is based off of how uh how many people watch it on twitch yes and i and i think that that's actually a a very good litmus for how engaged uh a community is overall in the game that that they're playing yeah i totally agree yeah so you'll 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 see a game like quote unquote BDO that might not have as many players and it quadruples the amount of viewers that Final Fantasy fourteen uh, has. RuneScape having more viewers yeah, exactly. than FF fourteen does. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Joe, thank you so much for uh, coming on today and talking about your adventures in lands other than Eorzea. By the way, check out Joe at his channel, twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails, where uh, you can get the lowdown on all of the awesome BDO stuff that he's been doing, as well as his other adventures in MMOs. So, Joe, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us today. Yo, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, dude. Uh, it's it's always great to uh, to talk to you, and it's always great to to have you on the show. And uh, you know, seriously, all the best to you and uh, and and your streaming endeavors, man. Thank you, man. I'm I'm, I'm going to be playing. I'm actually going to be diving into uh, taking a short trip back to Swotor. Uh, diving back into, uh, I think we're going to play some Guild Wars 2. I've never played that one before, so I'm going to check out what's going on in that game before nice. I take a quick jump back to some Final Fantasy for the next patch. And then my place a while after that. So this is like the perfect, uh, this is like the perfect little transition into next of what's going on for me, too. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, no problem. Are you going to check out the uh, Somerset Isles? Um, I. This is a tough thing is I have I have a level a level fifty one seventy seven CP uh uh what Imperial Dragon Knight on PS4. Yeah. And I don't have a PC account for ESO. Oh, so I'm gonna no. I'm gonna Yeah, but it's okay because I'm gonna wait to get everything that I have planned out of the way and then I'm gonna dive into and probably start a guild on PC for ESO. Nice. And then, like, really, really devote a couple of weeks and months to that game. Nice. Because I have to do it. It's too much fun to it's really too much fun. I wish I could transfer my account, but I can't. Oh, I know, right? That's killer. I can't believe that they don't allow like that game's not yeah. cross platform. Yeah. That's Dude, that's crazy I, oh to my me. God. Well I, I, it's nuts because I have enough connections high enough in that game at Bethesda because like I've I've worked for them a couple times and I've done some I've done some cool stuff. They've asked me to stream the game a couple times, and I, I, uh, I, I, I know the guys that could do it if the, if it was possible, which sucks because they can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. But yeah. Joe, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us today. It was uh, it was a lot of fun having you on. Again, twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails. Go follow him. Hang out with him. He's a good dude and uh, definitely worth supporting. That's going to be it for today's Limit Break Radio. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. This was a fun show. This was a it really was. good discussion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for for all of the, the wailing and gnashing of teeth that um, MMO communities do about other MMOs, I think that it's definitely worth putting yourself, taking yourself out of your comfort zone and out of your context and going and playing another game and figuring out, like Joe was talking about, through what you like and what you don't like about other games, figuring out what is good about the main game that you're that you're playing. I think that yeah. that's it's always worth uh, always worth 
worth doing. We so. didn't even get to touch on the Pokemon game that exists within World of Warcraft, Aniro. Oh, 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 you mean Bless? <laughs> but yeah, to, like to be really to be really honest, like the the biggest one of the biggest truths I think is out there real quick is like it literally doesn't matter what I think. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I think ever. If you're if you listen to anything that any I say or any other content creator, it doesn't matter what any content creator thinks because that might not be your opinion. And Absolutely, that's the, biggest, that's the most important thing. Is it's all about what you think. It's all about what you believe as a player. And just because I have a different opinion doesn't mean that it's a bad game. So absolutely. Yeah. It's your experience. It's your sub money. It's your uh, investment at the end of the day. So it's my life. <laughs> no, Stop it. No. All right. We got to we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Right. Like, what were you even doing? Well, what episode? other mode of juxtaplay for this? <laughs> like juxtaplays fucking wow more than any of us and he's just sitting over there silent the whole fucking episode you guys, i had some drops man you guys had it <laughs> under control <laughs> you were talking that's your penis oh my god <laughs> all right all right guys that's gonna be it thanks so much for joining us for limit break radio stick around we're gonna send a host out to checkpoint radio coming up next for the re-air of the checkpoint radio show make sure you follow us over at twitch.tv slash checkpoint radio if you're listening on the podcast make sure you head on over to our twitch channel twitch.tv slash limit break radio you can join us on sundays when we go live for episodes of this very show that's gonna be it i want to thank again our special host joe never fails you can check him out over at twitch.tv slash joe never fails and of course my crew Kahlo, juxta and nika i'm an hero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Kahlo Landis, Juxtaposition, and Kooky Persona. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Mary Kennett, Nexian Theta, Hirsch First, Tulane Vera, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. (laughs) 